Hey everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at Choco Grams. Choco you can find Grams. Yes, you can find them at ilovechocograms.com. Uh, and look, it's the season. What's that mean? It's the season for wearing coats, so who cares if you get a little chub on you? That's right, it's candy time! <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> get a little chub on you? Yeah, isn't that why... <laughs> Isn't that why you wear coats all the time, Andy? You're just like, I don't have to worry about how this pizza looks on me. I have coats. All right. Interpret it how you will. I do. That's how I interpret it. Are you telling me that's not why you wear coats? You don't find them slimming? Oh, that's actually, it's a valid point. That probably is why I wear them. That's 100% why you wear them. Don't kid yourself. I have many coats as well. It's how I can hide all my weapons. Ah, that's all well, my my bag of tricks. You like can't a hide villain. You can't hide your main weapon, Andy, which is your charm. That's true. I can't hide that. <laughs> you know what? Um, all those coat pockets are good for maybe some DIY that? bark kits. Oh my goodness! It sure would be. How, right. how, what, how popular would I be at a party if I pulled out a DIY bark kit? <laughs> You'd probably be the most popular person in the world. But since we can't really socialize in a party fashion, why not have a little party at home with the kids or yourself? Get a DIY bark kit and get a get a special uh, limited edition seasonal bark. Oh, that's right, buddy. The holidays are coming. They currently have uh, seasonal bark and special hot cocoa bomb packaging. If you check the site on November 4th, you'll be surprised and delighted by the holiday season. Uh, and if you want to save 15% off your first order of Chocograms, delicious, delicious candy, head over to ilovechocograms.com and use the promo code Frank Sinatra. Come on! To save 15% off your order what a deal just do it just go to i love choco grams right now pause the podcast head over there order something use the promo code frank's not to come on then hit play on the podcast and then email us and tell us how delicious it was okay that's it here's the show podcast the final frontier these are the conversations of the friendship matt myra and andrew secunda their continuing mission to seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations to boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before everyone welcome to star trek the next conversation that's right two unlimited fans where you at the number one two unlimited podcast in the world i think that one's safe that one is safe to say (laughs) (laughs) oh the uk was enjoying this song right about the time this episode aired and you know what things weren't much better in the united states Our choice. Well, you know what? Stay tuned for our choice. In the meantime, hi everyone, I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm Devanani Rao. Oh, thanks Devanani Rao. So good you could be here. 
Uh, so good you could be. Well, there's probably an article missing out of that sentence. What am I? A writer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, time to answer the question you all tune in for. I know some of you immediately stop the pod as soon as I say no. Some of you call up three friends as soon as I say yes. So here's the question. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Oh, yeah. It's a delight. Too much space there for me. I really didn't hit that post that well. <laughs> Such a perfectionist. My time was off. My timing was off. Andy, today I postmated some Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Um, and all I really wanted was a was a blueberry muffin from them. I like their muffins. Oh, interesting. Do they have so, uh, those blueberry muffins that have enough blueberries me, in them? I'm discussing... Sorry my order and then i will answer all questions about the content of the muffins we got a lot in the hail bag about it so let me continue go ahead i ordered so you go on there on the postmate you you, you can select andy you can only select three muffins i know they have more more muffins than that but you can only select three coffee chocolate chip and blueberry i saw the blueberry and chocolate chip i was like oh i love the chocolate chip too let me order a blueberry and a chocolate chip uh, also, that'll like spread the chances that like they definitely have the muffin I want. Um, and then I was like, "Oh, I feel bad having someone postmate just a muff, two muffins, and a coffee. That's not gonna." Let me just see what they got for donuts. Oh, I'll uh-huh. get the. Uh, I like some Munchkins. <laughs> you know what I want? I want a chocolate. Like you know, I miss the chocolate glaze. That's the. That is the perennial Dunkin' Donut donut to me. The chocolate glazed. Uh huh. Um. So I was like, I'll get a, I'll get five. You know, they sell them like a batch of five, 25 or 50. So I was like, I'll get five chocolate glazed uh-huh. munchkins. And then on the list of munchkins, Did I saw... Did they sell them in five? I don't know that. Well, I think, I think that's a new thing, honestly. Um, yeah. And then I saw that they also had blueberry. I was like, oh, I love a blueberry munchkin because I love the Dunkin' Donut blueberry donut. Mm-hmm. Let me select that. I ordered it, Andy. You know what came to my house? What came? The coffee. A... A coffee cake muffin. Okay. And 10 glazed munchkins. Just regular plain glazed. Nothing I ordered arrived. <laughs> wow. It was, was that, that, And that was from disappointing. Postmates, huh? It was very disappointing. Huh. Yeah, that is that is very upsetting. It's Particularly like, since that is all you ordered. Yeah, it's all, like if, if you're out of it, you know, if the place is out of it, just be a mention and say, hey, we're out of this stuff. We're going to cancel yeah. your order. These people don't just working guess. don't just guess in Dunkin' Donuts during COVID, putting their lives at risk. They are really not committed to their Dunkin' Donuts. Well, I'm just like saying, just don't just don't just guess. A, don't just send me one one muffin when I order two muffins, and it's not even the muffin I ordered. Yeah. And two, uh, don't send me Munchkins I didn't order. Yeah. Just just by all means, please just cancel the order. Just cancel. It's totally sure. fine. They, there's probably hell to pay though if they cancel the order. No, who knows not. if that's bad management? Not from me. <laughs> I can tell you. If they just brought me the French vanilla, I'd be like, okay, thanks for the French vanilla coffee. I can see it from both sides. I can see it like if you have to work right now, and something like that comes up, you're just like, I, I don't care. I just got to put something in a bag and move on. Like oh, I can see that perspective. Yeah, but also like I feel like. There's got to be an option. Though, I feel like they did, they had the coffee. Like, set, just right. bring me the coffee. Right. Don't bring me 
the munchkins. But then you probably fun. there's probably a lot. There's a complex process of typing something into. Well, the you know what's more complex? And... Complaining on Postmates is why I didn't even do it. Then I don't yeah. care. So yeah, everybody wins except me. <laughs> no, yeah. Whenever something's gone wrong with an order, and I've tried to. Oh, I don't even bother. Complain. It's just a nightmare. And but they, they probably count on that. You know, it's a pretty even distribution of muffins of blueberries. Andy, going back to your original question. Told you. I'd even distribution you. on top or all through? All through, including because the, the only. Bl- I feel like we've had this and conversation. What I like in our on the top of podcast. What I like on the top of it <laughs> uh-huh. is the fact yeah. that they put the large uh, rock sugar on the top. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I like appreciate that. that. I like that quite a bit. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of tearing the stump off of a morning muffin. Yeah, eating the Seinfeld and, style and eating the stump first. Yeah, what was that? Well, the tops, the tops, the tops. Was yeah, the, yeah, right, was yeah, just sure. the tops. And do you believe it tastes different differently? Oh, different, thousand percent. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the, the it's the uh, it's the it's the crystallization of the sugar on, that happens on top of the muffin. See, here's my uh, here's my thing about blueberry muffins. The ones that I like are the ones, and I assume they do this by crushing blueberries and then blending it into the batter and then dropping extra blueberries in. But I like the ones that have a lot of blueberries and also the batter has kind of been blended with the flavor of blueberry. I think that's just the nature of like, if you're going to make the batter with the blueberry... That's just what's going to happen. You know, those blueberries are going to crush up pretty good in that mixer. Well, a lot of places... Does Dunkin' Donuts doesn't do that. That's Isn't it basically the yellow muffin with the blue blueberries? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But their blueberry so, donuts are, 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 are sparkling blue like you like. Well, you know, you want a good blueberry, but uh, I like it blended all the way through. You know, Robert De Niro wants an equal number of blueberries in every muffin. What is that from? Casino. Analyze this. Casino, Casino. everybody. Oh, oh, interesting. He's talking oh. to Kevin Pollack, his lawyer yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Look at my muffin. Look at how many blueberries you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to the kitchen and he makes them put an equal number of blueberries in every muffin. <sighs> I guess I'll watch that again. Oh, it's... oh. I can't not like if it's on. It's one of those things. If I'm, it's on. I, I, I'm done. I watch it from whatever point. One night, not long ago, I saw it on Amazon Prime. No, uh-huh. it was on. It was on Netflix. Probably around the time The Irishman came out. Yeah. And I was like, it was two o'clock in the morning, and I just was like, oh, I'll start watching. I watched the whole thing. It's a three and a half hour movie. Whoa. <laughs> I um, it. I love that it. That strikes me as one of those movies and there are many of them that if i look at individual scenes i'm like ah this is this is a great scene this is a great scene but i don't want to watch the whole thing again i disagree well i don't disagree in that you know what it's funny because like you'll see all these great scenes with de niro and sharon stone and 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 then you'll see these great scenes with de niro and pesci and then you'll see these Uh great scenes with de niro and rickles it's so it's like every time someone comes through they're yeah. like they're magnetic. Well, I don't dispute that. Time to make the donuts. Remember that commercial? Make the donuts. Dunkin' Donuts are always fresh. I make Matt, the donuts. as yeah. you may as you may have noticed, is possibly a little punchy today. Time to make the donuts. But up to fifty-two varieties. The donuts. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. <laughs> 
I made the donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, up to 52 varieties freshly and night. No supermarket can say that. That's right. That guy's not in any other... That guy's not in any Star Trek episodes, is he? I wish he was. I was wondering, hey, what else has that guy been in? That that must have been his claim to fame. I just remember him being the the time to make the donuts guy. Sure. Anyway, Andy, since we're uh, already wasting so much time, let's let's just jump into the Admiral's Club. Sorry, everybody, but uh, I like donuts. Welcome to the Admiral's Club. Go to leave a five-star review and join the Admiral's Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Uh, just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you will be in the Admiral's Club, and Andy may just select yours to read. Andy, who do we got this week? We got Temba, his arms open, ah. who writes us, uh, your podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. So many episodes. It's like finding Supernatural for the first time on Netflix. <laughs> so true. We don't have that many episodes. Uh, <laughs> we're on our way. Uh, we definitely have a lot of content. Uh, I love the inside baseball discussions of why episodes and scenes do and don't work. I just started listening, so does Andy find a girlfriend? Will you do Discovery Season 3? Thanks, Ben. Um, uh, I, 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 I got to say... Uh, unknown and unknown. <laughs> uh, I feel like I say I could give you a flat no, and on the second one I say uh, a most likely yes on the Patreon. Well, why can't we just say most likely to both? Mm. Mm. I don't know if it's a it's most a likely to both, thinking, but I guess pal. it's your... All right. You know what? You're right. You're right. There you go. You know what? I'm going to find my metaphorical blueberry muffin someday. Um <laughs> could never been more perfect. And some tacos and a burger and some french fries and a milkshake and some cookies and some onion rings. Matt needs a pizza too. I really do like how long that goes. And I don't. <laughs> um <laughs> this ZPS writes says give this podcast a chance. Uh, we're not making a strong argument here at the top for that, but thank you for the thought. He he or she, uh, they say, uh, I've been an STTNG fan from childhood. Recent, oh, it's he. Uh, recently married. Uh, I decided to introduce the show to my wife from beginning to end. Uh, actually, still could be a they. Yeah. Uh, I'd mentioned this in passing to a work colleague who also enjoys Next Gen, and he suggested we also try out this podcast. We've been listening now since March and can't say enough good things about it. I love the mixture of insightful discussions, uh, strange theories, useless banner, and goofy jingles slash segments. <laughs> you could say we're hooked. Although we're now done with the rewatch of the series, we still listen to Matt and Andy every Sunday morning while we make slash enjoy breakfast. Although Captain Jellico might not have the time to do so, you should give this show a chance. Uh, wait, you make your wife also listen to this? Yeah, oh. and they love it. Wow. Blown away. Welcome to the Admirals Club. I hope you continue to enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it. <laughs> I forgot that the words to the song are There's No Limit. Sure. <laughs> I don't know when anyone starts singing. 
We're 56 minutes into the, 56 seconds into the song. There it is. It's good to know that there's no limit. Um, uh, That's it for the Admirals Club. Oh, really? That's all the time you want to spend in here? You don't want to... I mean, I was going to ask you, is there any limit to the time you would want to spend in here? Apparently there is. I mean, uh, there's also a limit to the amount that I've selected, but... Antithetical to the song. All right. I know. Let's get no, out of here and go to the president's I, I can, circle. I can dig some up if you want to read nine more. <laughs> the United Federation of Planets President's Circle. <laughs> I'm so sad about myself. I'm sorry, everyone. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you, and let's continue. The President's Circle, now? what a great place now to be. Now is the time. <laughs> if you want to be here, all you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and join us uh, in the President's Circle. You get up to four bonus podcasts every month. Uh, this month, two Voyagers and two episodes of Enterprise. We are going through it just like we do on this show. Very similar segments. A lot of digressions, and so far... I would say Andy's theories are limited over there. I'd like him to have more. That's a good question. I feel like I've had a couple. Well, uh, tune in. Andy hopes to get more theories out. (laughs) But I got my team working on it. uh, Not only do you get priority one access to messages of to this show, but uh, you might get singled out for a particularly enjoyable message and win a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Not a real medal. You'll just win it metaphorically. Andy, who's the winner this week? The winner is our old friend Lieutenant Commander Cosmo Moore uh, who actually sent us a a clip uh, and he says, this has been stuck in my head for the last few weeks and it's pretty self-explanatory. It's the 60 Minutes one. All right, here we go. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Orly Safer. I'm Harry Reasoner. I'm Ed Bradley. I'm Diane Sawyer. And I'm Devin Ani Rao. <laughs> Those stories and more tonight on 60 Minutes. Uh, well delightful. done, Cosmo. That's delightful. <laughs> I like to think that Devin Ani Rao is the, uh, is the um, Andy Rooney of Star Trek guest stars. <laughs> I don't so. like how much carpeting's on the Enterprise. <laughs> Andy Rooney. I'm using my I'm using my empathic ability to manipulate people, (laughs) and they're not doing everything I say. You know, the one thing that sucks about being empathic is knowing that everyone hates me. (laughs) That's it. You stuck the landing on that one. Uh, That's all we have for the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Kids, go check out Andy Rooney online so you can understand our reference. Okay. (laughs) Uh... We had a dispute, not a dispute, just a a difference of opinion. I don't know if we mentioned it on air, that uh, Matt feels like all of our listeners are below a certain age, and uh, I feel like it's all over the map. I feel like, uh, based on the hails, we got uh, ancient people like us, and uh, we have youngins. Ancient people like us and youngins? (laughs) That's right. What about younglings that could be murdered? 
by younglings. the chosen one. It's true. Could be younglings. <laughs> Could be gelflings. Could be sand people, women and children. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, it's really about his redemption arc. How do you be redeemed from that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty. He had a lot of redeeming to do. <laughs> he did. He really did. Lucy, you got a lot of redeeming to do. <laughs> I guess if I don't. <laughs> I, I dug you even further into the past. For, so I really hope that a lot of people are as old as us. <laughs> uh, if if uh, if I were better at this, I would put up some uh, talkie style uh, dialogue things in front of the camera right now to go back even further beyond Andy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Silent film. Pre, Pri- pre-talkie. Priority one messages. No, I think we're just having so much fun. Why should we continue? We can. Hey, you're the you're the one who usually wants it a little bit more succinct at the top. Well, I'm the one who also has to get up so early every day of my life. Priority one Ah. message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. A lot of our listeners do, and they're listening to it in the car while they're driving to their ungodly hour jobs. And God bless you all. Um, Lieutenant Anthony Rideout writes us, Andy, I suffer from face blindness, too. For years, I thought the same actor played Dr. Bashir and Dr. Gaius Baltar from the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. They're very similar. He's not wrong. They're both English, and they're both sort of handsome, and they're both, uh, have similar hair and faces. Um... As far as I can tell. so But we both have face blindness, so who knows. He says, I even have a, a headcanon that Ron Moore enjoyed working with the actor so much that he asked him to join the cast of BSG. So he, he justified his wrong perspective. Uh, I have officially cut up my geek membership card over this. In addition to face blindness, uh, I also have terrible eating habits and I'm unlucky in love. Cue the Tony needs a boyfriend jingle. Um, Andy, you are not alone. You are the leader of uh, the leader the rest of us need. Myra slash Jellico 2020. Well, I don't like that last part. <laughs> You're going to love it because um, there's an extra shift <laughs> happening now. <laughs> And uh, I really feel bad for the nation that would uh, elect me as their leader. <laughs> It'd be a very sad nation of people. Um, Lieutenant Ben Plavin writes us. Uh, I never liked that data. So this is talking about um, uh, Birthright One and Two. I never liked that data. That data story storyline petered out in Part One, and we we're left with Worf rediscovering his roots again. That said, couldn't he have sung just one Klingon opera for the kids? Also, Klingons are cooking meat now? Um, yeah, I think the meat thing was an interesting twist that the kid comes in and he's like, cook this! It's like, wait. Uh, or is he just, is that just showing how little the kid knows about Klingons? Um, no, look, I think that Klingons like cooked things too. Like, you know, Worf loves eggs. Those are cooked. But that seemed to be a discovery. You think he discovered he loved eggs? Yes. You know, in DS9, um, Klingons are often ordering, like, cooked uh, beef patties and burritos. Oh, okay. I made that up. I really made that up. In my mind, I was like, will anyone listening get the fact that I'm trying to make up something for Andy right now, or will I just get 700 prime directives? It's definitely going to be the latter. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wanna if if you wanna make up canon that I won't know if you're tell, telling the truth or not, uh, guys. Uh, if I ever say something happens on DS9, uh, a bunch, 
we'll all know that's our code. Um, Lieutenant Jason Randall writes, so the head Romulan says he made a choice and ruined his military career to stay behind. What's the deal with the lower deck Romulans? Uh, why would they even be there if their uh, government abandoned this whole project? I can't imagine they'd be like, he's ending his career to have Klingon babies. Uh, me too. Um, <laughs> this sounds yeah, like fun. I, I totally agree. And it, it occurred to me as we were watching. I think I commented on the guards and how crappy their lives must be. But it totally is reasonable that it's like, <clears throat> okay, this guy decided to throw it all away for this weird dream and to be no, a cult no, leader of all these no, people no 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 there's no <laughs> why is that in my head because <laughs> we just listened to it a thousand times do you think that there's no limit to romulan loyalty is that their thing they're well not, i mean not that loyal of, of the governor of of i mean i assume of, it was a yeah, governor of right? the cult leader he just had his he just cast his spell on them it's all weird ever all the dynamics in that episode are weird they're like basically guarding them they're not on board with his plan guard yeah and also by the way they're also like in like semi-casual romulan uniforms yeah yeah like this is my semi-cash i think someone else comments on that all right Um, i have my finger on the pulse (laughs) You you really know what our our listeners are thinking finger on the pulse um uh, Lieutenant Ultimate Trekker. That's uh, a bold statement. Ultimate. Wow. Um, I love it. I can't believe you're only lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ironically, only lieutenant. Uh, at what point between the Romulans waking up in prison with no weapons and this episode, did the Romulans say, here, take all your weapons back? Oh, you want proper gardening equipment? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny observation. <laughs> really true. Um,. <laughs> Lieutenant Eric Peebles writes us, Worf is awfully judgmental about how these Klingons live when he spends most of his time standing behind a wooden desk counting shuttles. <laughs> a wooden really, really desk counting shuttles. Also a good way to describe Worf's job. Um, then Lieutenant Cam adds that, uh, I've been trying for years to come up with some kind of canon-friendly reason Worf is like this. Uh, and He says in a quote, You must kill yourself if captured, but I'm okay. Um... You must kill. You must kill yourself if captured. But I'm okay. Uh, one DS9 episode hand waves it by saying it's fine to stay imprisoned if there's a hope you could escape or more enemies to fight. But I think there's a much easier explanation. Worf is just a giant hypocrite. I'm pretty sure some other DS9 episodes explore this too. And if I remember correctly, there's one episode where someone actually calls him out. Uh, on his piecemeal approach to Klingon tradition. Basically, Worf's just full of shit. Sometimes the easiest explanation is also the most sensible. <laughs> so true. Um, how do you feel about that, Matt? I said so true. I agreed. Full He's full yeah. of fucking shit. Well, it just depends on the week. Worf knows things and then doesn't know things. And then, yeah. Did I just hear Omar? No, that was me oh. dropping something. You sound like a cat. Um, although he is curled up in a, in a, in a bag next to me. <laughs> Get your cat out of the bag. <laughs> no, I like to say that when people ask me where he is, I say cat's in the bag. Um, <laughs> Boo! Um, I'm just joining the chorus of listeners. <laughs> no, it's totally reasonable. <laughs> we all suck. Does anybody else have a... I have his 
his carrying case and I left it out one day and he just became obsessed with sleeping in it. So I don't know if he's suggesting to me we should go on a trip, mm. which by the way, he hates traveling. So I don't know why he would be. Does anybody have that with their cats? Classic Does Omar. Anybody, you know what I don't understand? How come when you put your cat's traveling case out, he come jumps inside of it? Is this Andy Rooney or just <laughs> annoying cat skills uh, <laughs> uncle? Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lieutenant Brenda Rexing writes, maybe it's just me, but I like seeing Worf trying to fit into his actual life more than him trying to fit into a Klingon life. Um, you look confused. And like, in, in, that, in what sense do you mean fit into his actual life? Uh, I, I interpret that to mean him trying to fit into his sort of enterprise life. Ah, I gotcha. Um, and then uh, you like... Oh, actually, this one is this one's a split vote. So it's Myra Secunda twenty twenty. Four more years of mediocre podcasting. Done and done. Uh, and they say, can we have an Andy computer update? Which model did you get? Specs? Does TNG look better on that screen? These are the questions that people are asking for. Um, I don't know if well, that's Andy. true. Uh, I got myself a MacBook twenty twenty thirteen inch. There was a lot of debate. Um, internal Matic. internal debate internal debate internal debate yeah. yes um Although, you're saying internal debate inside me yeah in you <laughs> oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah you actually pretty steadfastly had an opinion yeah. although you 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 switched around based on whether well, i should get well you kept an saying like you kept telling me different things you wanted to do with it i am of the school of thought yeah i know well that's why i was like just get an imac pro and, a, and a, an ipad yeah but instead andy decided to spend about i don't know Five thousand less dollars, and be satisfied with a very fast, nice computer. Yeah, we'll see if I'm disappointed with that decision. You will uh, be. So far, I In love like five how light to ten it years. Um, and I maxed it out, and uh, it's space gray. If that's part of your question, uh, and it's it's uh, quite quite lovely so far. Thirteen inch MacBook Pro, everybody. Um, not a sponsor. Uh, Joe shall distance more. Good for you, Joe. Uh, great episode, guys. Uh, if there were awards for the Devanani Rall style character introductions, I believe they should be called the Andes. <laughs> uh, I didn't really want to read this uh, this particular hail, but pun. I felt like it was it's necessary. A good pun. I saw that one, so I wasn't pun blind on that one. Um, although I may have had to reread it. In fairness, <laughs> I wonder if that makes a good pun or a bad pun. Like if Andy recognizes it, is it a good pun or is that a bad pun? It like should be more subtle. You're saying I don't possibly? know. I'm just wondering. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll put up a poll. <laughs> I probably won't. Um, Lieutenant Matt Evans uh, wrote, "I see another layer of the Ling- of the Klingon captives. I see another layer of the Klingon captives. It seems it was an allegory of one culture trying to destroy another through quote peaceful assimilation." Much like our country tried to eradicate the Native American heritage through schools and other metho- methods, uh, these Romulans attempted to dilute the Klingon heritage in their camp. Notice that it was Klingon cultural touchstones that were forbidden and changed, and yet Romulan ones flourished. Hmm. I think this is a good point. Uh, this is on me now. I think this is a good point. And I think it's kind of leaned into a little bit in Worf's reaction to it, but it's very vague what their perspective is on the main Romulan. Because I think at the same time they were trying to tell this story about Romulans and Klingons being able to get together. They're so trying to make very everybody muddy. sympathetic. Yeah, but by in doing so, they've sort of undermined some of their points. 
Um, I would agree. So good point, Matt. Um, and that is it for the priority one messages. All and right. We can open our hail bag. Then we should leave the president's circle. <laughs> And if I remember correctly, uh, hang on. Is it this one? Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. There's another Mm. hail. There's another opening hail one that we have that I believe came from this episode. Uh, Yeah, you're supposed to play it at the top. No, no, no. I mean, we have another hailing frequencies open. Which I believe oh. is Worf in this episode. Uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to find it. God dang it. Anyway, get the first hail going and I'll try to find it. Um, well, I can read you a real long one in place. It doesn't the have other to be one. that long. You can read me the first one. I'll play the sound if there's a sound with it. No problems. Um, well, the first one was the was the um read it was the tell me it's a voice the voice hail okay and that is uh titled uh bryant or autotune bryant there we go here's the first one hey matt hey tiny brian here listen i'm right at the end of the most frustrating two-parter in Next Generation, or really in Star Trek history to me. This is a very frustrating two-parter. For the very reason you guys hit upon, this is the uh, uh, father-son. I've forgotten the name. It's just—it's like I was born to be on TNC. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so true. So one of the, what I think would have fixed this, you guys kept talking about, well, Data needed a plot in this second half, which, yes, I think could have made this much better. And I think what would have been great if, is if the Enterprise would have said, okay, we're supposed to meet this Uridian at these coordinates. They get there, that ship's destroyed. Mm. They have some clues. And Data uses his dream program to think creatively and figure out where to go to find what. I think that would have been a, a much better uh, way to tie this together. So anyway, love the show, guys. Have a great one. I, I don't hate that. Like if he had, had dreams about his father... It's kind of begging for the plots to be tied together. I, 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 look, I think that's probably a better way to go. Um, although, if I'm being honest, I really just played that because I found the accent delightful. Where do you think that accent is from? Arkansas. No, you know better than me. I don't. I, I don't. That's just a. That's just a. That's just a guess. Yeah. Call us, uh, call us, delightful. call back and let us know. Um, this is a long one from Dave Amiot. Uh, oh, Dave Amiot's writing in. All right, Dave. What did we is. do wrong? You, no, usually there's something in there that I'm like, this is just mean. I don't know why I want to read this on air. <laughs> um, this one is just a lot of details, and I'm not sure it's long, and it's all about Playmates toys. Oh, look, I'm into the idea of talking That's about That's what I figured. Stuff. I figured a lot of our you and our listeners would be interested. Uh, you know, John, uh, we got, we got, we got, uh, I got Cooley. Cooley text, texted me about the, the Playmates uh, 1701 limited run situation. I wonder if this is similarly in that vein. 
says, hi, Matt and Andy. As you might imagine, your discussion of the various action figures versions of Tapestry Picard from Playmates Toys captured my interest. Here's a little more detail. After the Generations toy line flopped for a variety of reasons, Playmates was trying to revive collectors' interest. The figures had always been individually numbered as a way to appeal to collectors, so they upped the ante in 1996 by announcing that three figures would be limited to production runs of only 1701 each. Oh. Uh, Tapestry Picard in red Wrath of, Wrath of style, mm-hmm. uh, Wrath of Khan style uniform, Tasha Yar from Yesterday's Enterprise, and Lieutenant Barkley from the Voyager episode Projections. The idea was that collectors would enjoy the hunt and spend more time looking through the Star Trek figures and perhaps decide to buy something that they might not uh, have otherwise. The plan backfired, however, and the response from collectors was immediate and harsh. Many collectors dumped the collections since they could no longer (laughs) expect to have a complete one without spending hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to get these rare figures. Playmates announced that they would increase the production run on Barkley to 3,000. Why would it be on Barkley? That would be the least wanted one. Uh, But the damage was done. The three figures were later released together in a box set. I'm assuming that Matt had That's, a loose tapestry. I had a loose tapestry card from that set, I believe. Also, yes. Yeah. If he does have a mint on card individual tapestry card, that one is still one of the more valuable Playmates figures. But as is always the case in the world of collectibles, there is some discrepancy between what sellers are asking and what buyers are willing to pay. The figure itself is an oddity since it's a retooling of the Admiral Kirk figure from Generations. Uh, and as a result, it's a bit more bulky than Patrick Stewart is. <laughs> refashion the figure for Picard. Well, they're not going to make a new mold if they don't have to. It's so dumb. Um, it was an odd choice on Playmates' part since they had also made a figure of Commander Chekhov for Generations who has a more slender build. It would have been just as easy a retool. So that is funny. sloppy. That's that is a sloppy craftsmanship. So funny. <laughs> Um, they had made a Nausicaan in 1994. Um, the first version of Captain Picard, it would be great as a, uh, like one of those, um, uh, sculptures of the Nausicaan stabbing Picard through the heart. That'd be a good one. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Or how about that as a, uh, one of those, uh, I don't remember the name of the company. One of those, um, um. Like a sideshow collectible? Yeah, on a Christmas tree. One of the. Oh, a Hallmark. A Hallmark, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Oh no, something's happened on my screen. Okay, the first version of Captain Picard that they made was him in the, his jacket, then him in his first season uniform. Both of these were fairly plentiful. They didn't make Picard in his standard duty uniform until right around the time that TG, TNG was going off the air. He was made from the same torso that had been used for Geordi in the first assortment of figures. So one additional pip was painted onto his collar and with the legs uh, from the first version of Data. As for the Toy Fair magazine mail-away exclusive, Lieutenant uh, Junior Grade Picard, it is sometimes referred to as Tapestry Picard 2. It came out in 1998, the last year that Playmates uh, made new four-and-a-half-inch Star Trek figures. This time it was made entirely from the same body as the first Geordie figure, which had also been used for the TNG-style Chief O'Brien in duty uniform figure. This is a real rip-off that they did this. Um, wow. Consequently, it has an extra unpainted rack, rank pip sculpted on the collar. Also, most versions have two fully painted pips, making him a full lieutenant. Oh, well. 
Um, to mention something more recent, Playmates did a figure of Worf in his black infiltration outfit, which they called his rescue outfit. They did not make... Pic- I wonder if that's the one with the the hood or not. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I would love the one with the hood. Uh... They did not make Captain Picard or Doc yet, so it must have been the one with the hood. They did not make Captain Picard or Dr. Crusher in this outfit, but Dr. Soren, I don't remember his name, Soren. Julian Soren, yeah. Wears basically the same thing in Generations, so if you swap a Picard head onto the Soren body, it works. <laughs> I love I love a good uh, action figure hack. Thank you for the detail, Dave. That's. Uh, I'm shocked that, I guess it makes sense. That was kind of basically what, toys were up until the modern era you know now it's I funny like they the, have a little more detail the tapestry picard uh sorry if there's a little buzz throughout most of that after i played the hailing frequency open i had the volume up too high on the whatever point is tapestry picard uh right now that mint uh, mint on card tapestry picard is uh whew, someone's asking 650 bucks on uh, on ebay for it worth it well, yeah, I went. Like I went to sold. Sold. It does kind of look more like Jordy's body. I went to sold tapestry Picard figures, and uh, they, no one's ever sold one anywhere near that price. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, and our last hail is uh, entitled Auto Tune, and here it is. Let me just pull the volume back up. I just called to say, birds are afraid. I just called to say that's what won't be. I just called to say it's canon. I just called to say Diana, I mean Diana, no way. You know, the bottom of your saucer section is technically the captain's yacht. Uh, so, uh. ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Andy, That's right for now, the I can sell you the yeah. Barkley, the Tasha Yar, and the Picard. It's not going to be an acceptable price. Mint. All three of them, two grand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Way to go, Holy Playmates. Crap. Way to oh do. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I can hire a figure maker to just make them for me oh, for like sure. $400. No I mean, you can also get a loose one for 12 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind the Tasha Yar either. That seems like that'd be a cool one to have. Uh, Well... Hanukkah's around the corner. <laughs> uh, um, that oh, I'd like a Moriarty, too. They must have made a Moriarty at some oh, point. All right. Um, if you'd like to oh, shit, send a hail to us, Sorry, you can send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com, or you can join the... That's it. That's the thing, the incoming message. That is, I think, in <laughs> this episode. No, no, I think that's the one that I oh. heard in this episode. Let's, oh, let's really? Captain, incoming message. Oh, we'll have to play, we'll play it later and find out if I was correct. Okay. Because when I heard him um, say it, I was like, that's, exact, that's exactly where that came from. Um, I look forward to it being played in context. <laughs> the, uh, 
If you'd like to get access to our Priority One messages, just join the Patreon, and I'll look at those hails first and give them priority access. Uh, you can find uh, Matt uh, at Matt Myra on Instagram and Twitter. True. I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter. True. Or you can send us a voicemail at 816-TREK-TNC. Oh, you mean... 816-TREK-TNC. <laughs> Sounds like we both like have a lot of... We're doped up on cough medicine. Oh, well, I feel like we're always doped up on something. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about the episode. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. All right, it's time to talk about Starship Mine, which uh, aired. Hang on. March 29th. That's right, March 29th, 1993, Andy. Uh, remember earlier when I was like, don't worry, UK, we were terrible also with our taste in music? Yeah. Andy, what was what was happening in the world back then? Well, the number one song in the U.S. was Informer by Snow. Canadian rap sensation. Snow. Nice. By the way. Number one song in the why U.K. Do I, like, yeah. Why is that just a fact in my head? Why do I know for a, why do I know that Snow is Canadian? Why do I carry around these facts in my head? Uh, that one I have no idea. I had no information about Snow. Uh, the number one song in the UK was Young at Heart by the Bluebells. Never heard of that one either. I mean, unless it's just a cover. Um, the number one movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The number one book, The Client by John Grisham. The number one TV show that week, The Academy Awards. Desk that week, actor Brandon Lee. Uh, and events, Unforgiven wins Best Picture at the 65th Academy Awards. Way to go, Clint. Good job, right. Clint. Whoa, did you hear that line? No, what Call was it? me LeVar. <gasps> really? Do you think it was a reference? No, but ironic nonetheless. Ready? Here it is. Let me see if I can pull that section up. Probably saying "Call me Lover" with a weird accent, but it says it sounds like "Call me Lavar." Yeah. <laughs> well, if there's any other lyrics about the engine room in there, then that was uh, not a coincidence. Well, that's the boom boom. Oh, is that what it it's means? The engine room. Uh, I mean, means. you just get matter, antimatter explosions <laughs> constantly. That's the boom boom. Yeah. Yeah. Boom boom. Yeah. Hum. The hum. song is literally <laughs> all about a day in the life of engineering on deck thirty six. Okay, Andy. Let's now. Talk about it. Uh, directed by Cliff Bowl, written by Morgan Grendel. Oh, sorry, no, no. sorry, Gendel. No, 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 no. Uh, but before I do no. that, obviously, I can't believe I missed <laughs> the segment that. Uh, I don't know what's going. Uh, that is that uh, is a sure sign of how tired this guy is. Oh boy! That he forgot the most important part of our podcast. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, why isn't it playing? Here, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Oh gosh, that just. There we go. Let me Andy, what was the chairman of the board up to in March of 1990? Sorry, November of 93? Like March of 93. March. 
Well, Matt, Frank was still relaxing in Palm Springs with just one small concert on the calendar this week. <laughs> like that's, that's a light week is one concert for him. Uh, at the Wyndham Hotel there, uh, he performed nine songs, closing the set with Mac the Knife. Huh. Yeah, he switched it up. Bobby Usually Darren, closes huh? with... Uh, Closes with New York, New York, no matter where he is. I told you that I was talking to my friend Andy uh, Mendelson, and he was he was at the Radio City Music Hall shows we were talking about. Oh, was he really? <laughs> yeah, like I was. I was for some reason was talking about this terrible segment we do <laughs> called Frank Sandra, come duck. on. And I was talking about how busy he is in his life. Like, it's fascinating to me that old Frank Sinatra was still doing shit. I was like, you know, last week we did the show and he had been doing like four nights at Radio City Music Hall with Shirley MacLaine. He's like, I was at that with my mother and my sister. Wild. Huh. Anyway. Did he like it? Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Now I will tell you that this was directed by Cliff Bowl and written by uh, Morgan Gendel. Uh... And here it is. Probably the shortest description I've ever seen from him. Ready? Dr. Larry Nemechek. Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek himself, Star Trek Next Generation Companion, revised edition. Here it is. With the Enterprise shut down and its crew evacuated at the Remler Array for a routine yet deadly Baryon purging sweep, the senior officers brace for the dreary reception at nearby Akira Base with Commander Hutch Hutchinson, known as the King of Boring Hosts. I thought it was the king of small talk. That's editorializing by Dr. Trek himself. (laughs) Picard, anxious to slip away to get his saddle on the ship for some planet-side riding, discovers a plot by six theaters. Theaters? (laughs) By six thieves. To drain off the warp engine's toxic waste, trilithium resin, whose only use is as a weapon. Escaping capture, Picard begins a cat-and-mouse game on the lifeless, darkened ship as he escapes and slowly knocks off the gang one by one. Picard knocks out the shield diverter, that would have protected the thieves from the sweep, sending them all scurrying to ten forward to escape the beam. Back on the base, Administrator Orton, a co-conspirator, leads a takeover that kills Hutchinson, taking the senior officers hostage. Gang leader Kelsey, after killing a cohort who'd rigged the stabilizer for the explosive resin reek, captures Picard but loses her last assistant to one of the booby traps. After they fight for the container, she grabs it and beams off to a waiting shuttle. Picard's pleas for help over his captured communicator are heard by his officers who have turned the tables on their captors. The beam fades just as Kelsey shuttles explode. Shuttle explodes, rather, thanks to the stabilizer he removed during their melee. Whew. Andy. <laughs> yes. What did you think of this episode? I have no idea what you thought of the episode. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was... Um, Really surprising, fun, and it was exciting. Like a, a new, yeah, it was like a new color like, on the Enterprise. Definitely, it was like I find that because we've had a lot of you know somebody taking over, or trying to take over the Enterprise, or kind of Die Hard on the Enterprise kind of a deal. This is clearly heavily influenced by Die Hard. Um, uh, even kind of direct references to it, um, and uh, it's the most. They did cut the scene out from the turbo lift where he wrote, ho, 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 I have a phaser now. Yeah, that might have been overkill, so maybe that was a good choice. No, no, it would have been, ho, 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 I have a plasma rifle now. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, and where, where he jumps off the saucer section and says, uh, <laughs> "Yippee, uh, yippee, <laughs> And his uh, he uh, my Earl Grey and finally his saddle hot. his saddle catches part of the <laughs> that saves him from um, all the way over. But I guess my point is, on all the other episodes where they kind of do some version of this, it really feels like they're trying to write it like a movie, but they don't have the time to write it like a movie. So it's not quite as detailed or logical every step of the way. It's they're sort of there are bigger jumps in logic, and this one it's very well laid out and plausible and most of the way through. I'll tell you, my favorite parts of the episode are the getting ready to get off the ship. Exactly. I it's mean, just such a it's a great justification for why this would happen. Yeah, this made up barrier sweep. I'm into it. Here Got evacuating go. the ship. Attention personnel on decks 14 and 15. Your transporter room assignment has been changed. Report to transporter room. Captain. Break. We're still behind schedule on deck 7 and 8. Shall I tell our carrier base there'll be a delay? No. Open up the transporters on. She really busted out of there like she Maybe this is this is I would I would argue this is exhibit A in Deanna Troy is truly an empath. Uh-huh. She exits that thing and knows Captain Picard is there so much faster than any human being should. Ready? On a sweep. We are evacuating the ship. Attention She's like, "Oh, Captain Picard's nearby. I'm going to head out and mm. talk to him real quick." Yeah. Captain. See? I feel like that's what happened I mean, there. I uh I lost sync, of course. <laughs> oh my god. It right said you then, left. So. It said you left. You didn't even yeah. you didn't even come along. This is the party you started. I lost sync before that anyway. But uh let me try again. Ay ay ay. How am I even I in in control of this party? I didn't even start. I don't know. I don't know why there's not a good thing in this in this world that we live in now. Well, this, why there's this, not sh- a, this yeah, shouldn't I just sent you a new, this, this shouldn't a new exist. Link. It's not a it's not a Netflix uh, condoned. I know, but why does Netflix have one? We're still behind schedule on deck I don't seven know. and eight. Shall I? I don't need to play did that you, again. But did you click the new link? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hit the button. The button button. I see you. You're in the turbo lift. Thank you, sir. I will. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Put it back on track. Right. All beta shift engineering personnel uh, are requested to report. Beta shift. Still no mention of a gamma shift. The Akari base does not have the medical storage units I requested. I have seven living tissue samples that won't survive the barrier and sweep any more than you and I would. I've tried to reason with uh, them. All right. Uh, have Command LaForge transport a stasis unit from the astrophysics lab. You should be able to convert it to store tissue samples. Thank you, Captain. All science personnel. Aren't most of the things that they're asking him to solve things that the best crew in the fleet should have figured out on their own? Uh, well, I mean, look, if the captain's right there, why not ask him? Because it's a hassle. You do your job. <laughs> this, but this is Captain Picard's job. I love it. He's walking the halls, getting shit done. Yeah. Seems very worn thin. Captain, I'm heading to deck seven. The auto shutdown Maybe Riker's an empath too. He didn't seem right. to uh, take a second to uh, register that he was there. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you expect to see certain people on that turbo lift. Uh-huh. Picard's one of them. I think we can resume the sequence. Councillor Troy is taking care of the situation on deck seven. Aye, sir. She should have sent you a memo, but uh, apparently, we're Captain? not doing that anymore. Bridge. 
This might be my favorite cold open of any. It has been quite a episode. day. It's all protocol. It <laughs> and yes, Data writes a small talk subroutine. However, a change of routine is often invigorating and can be a welcome diversion after a long assignment. Exactly. I understand that Arcaria has some very interesting weather patterns. Mr. Data, you all right? Yes, sir. <laughs> I am attempting to fill a silent moment with non-relevant conversation. Small talk. Yes, sir. I have found that humans often use small talk during awkward moments. Therefore, I have written a new subroutine for that purpose. This turbo lift has How never taken do? this long to go 12 decks. <laughs> Perhaps it was a little too non-relevant. But if you really are interested in small talk, then you should keep your eye on Commander Hutchinson at the reception this afternoon. He's a master. <laughs> oh, but he hates you, Hutchinson already. Captain. Captain, you will have We're to give your computer the authorization to, to... After you, sir. No, after you. No, sir, I believe you spoke first. Gentlemen, gentlemen, <laughs> we're running out of time. Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Going back to Worf, to like, the third time and having him say, no, I, I believe you, just do it, completing the comedy routine and going that much further is so delightful. I love that Worf gets out of this reception. <laughs> command functions during the because he asked for it first. Are we ready, command? Oh, and because he'd be the biggest plot annoyance to yep. that security situation down there. Well, that's true, but also I think it's completely. And, I mean, I like it for that. I like it because it's fun and serves the story purpose. Yeah. Almost. I've requested two additional field diverters, one for the computer core, one for the bridge. Uh-oh, what happened? I did nothing. Almost. I've requested two additional oh, field gosh. diverters, one for the computer core, one for the bridge. They haven't been installed yet. Additional units? Yes, sir. We've logged in five years more warp hours than most ships do in ten, so our baryon particle levels are high. I'm a little concerned that when the Remler array starts to sweep the ship, it'll have to use a stronger beam than normal in order to get rid of all the radiation. And that might overload the field converters protecting our key systems. How long until the new ones are in place? I'd say about 20 minutes. Very well. Computer, disable all command functions in 30 minutes. Authorization Picard, Gamma 6073. Authorization acknowledged. I love the false, uh, sort of the false time limit they put on this because there's no reason he should set a time for the ship to turn off <laughs> he should turn yeah. it off when he's ready to turn it off if anything that's the only thing that seems a little wonky to me is that he's he's like ah then I have that amount of time to get back on the ship he gets back on the ship and it's just like if that if that beam <laughs> is that dangerous yeah then it wouldn't be like, oh, I'll just pop back on and maybe, what the, if someone, maybe the communication system is out and why doesn't his comm badge, I, you know. What if someone forgot some of the endangered species that are in the school room, the school zoo? Yeah. Right. How do they get, what do they do with the, the cetacean ops in the meantime? What about space? I mean, by space, I meant cats. Oh my God. Spot. What do they do with spot? Spot. Data doesn't seem to have spot. Mystic spot for space. Sp- the SP. <laughs> my brain sort of just shut down there. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, Andy, this is what we're listening for. Ready? This is our sound. Captain, incoming message. Incoming message. Okay, now let's okay. see if this is it. Ready? Okay. Very well. Computer, disable all command functions in 30 minutes. Authorization Picard Gamma 6073. Authorization acknowledged. Captain, incoming message. It's the station administrator. Was that it? it does sound Was that like it? it? I don't know. If, Whoever made the you know, sound. You know what's interesting us, is if that's us. the one, then uh, the timing was nice, adjusted. Yeah, which I really appreciate. It's very Captain, nice. Incoming message. Incoming message. Hmm. Does he say Captain? Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Nice catch. Or I could be wrong. Now everybody knows his code. They know his pin Captain. code now. Incoming message. It's the station administrator, Mr. Orton. In my ready room, Mr. Wolf. And Captain. Request permission to be excused from Commander Hutchinson's reception. Permission granted. Wish I could excuse myself as well. Uh, oh, Captain, this. permission to Mr. be... Mr. LaForge, I cannot excuse my entire senior staff. Mr. Wolf beat you to it. <laughs> that is the such a great... Like, this crew knows each other, they're friends, they've dealt with each other. It's just so... That's like That's one of the greatest workplace moments I've ever seen played out on this show. And also I, I like that it just shows that the um that 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 Picard is like yeah sure. Like somewhat flexible in his like Right. But he can't give every he can't let yeah. everybody off. And it's just like Tev luck. Now you gotta <laughs> suck it up suck it up with I'm, me. I'm looking forward to it. He'll be delighted to hear that. Our carrier base out. I did. I really liked watching him sort of like walk through the bridge and the empty bridge and stuff. I will say this episode uh, really had a lot of moments where you're like, oh, they never meant to show that part of the set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like when they're shooting the floor, like when he's up against the, the floor of the uh, of engineering like that, 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 that piece of wood had been painted eight hundred times. Like I really, if I was down there, I would have made them redo the set. Like I would have made them at least redo that part of the wall. But there's a couple of moments because they're at these very tall angles, looking down onto the set that it was never meant to be shot at. Uh, what do you think of the small talk? Wait a minute. Before we move on, the the scene. First of all, the effects, I don't know what was, was revised effects uh, for the Netflix version, but just the, the Enterprise on, in the array on, looks so great. Hang on. For, yeah. the, for the Blu-ray. They didn't do for this the for Netflix. Sorry for the Blu-ray. <laughs> I apologize for giving uh, Netflix the credit. Uh, uh, it just also, really looked well, amazing. It was a four-foot model designed mm-hmm. by Sternbach that they had to composite onto the three-foot model of the Enterprise. But yeah, it was okay. a real model they built. And uh, uh, the other thing is that scene where where Picard is just sort of meaningfully walking around that bridge. Um, is it sort of more thematic because later he's sort of defending his ship by himself and he has this emotional attachment to the ship, or is it just you know what this is going to be a rare opportunity where Picard's alone on the deck? Let's take a moment. I bet the script and, would probably tell you some with some reader. That's a really good point. Um, Hopefully I won't lose sync again. I'm gonna go to I don't know why safari. you don't do two browsers. 
I'm doing it now. <laughs> Get the um, vibrator aligned so we can begin the isolation procedure. Where's the ODN interface? I do like how he tucks his, tucks away out of there before anybody sees him. Yeah. Let's see. I'll look up incoming because it's soon after that. To see you again. It's been far too long. What is it, four years? Now I want to hear about everything that happened after you left Starfleet Medical. And I have so much to tell you. All that much. Nice nod to season two where Pulaski was on the ship and she was in Starfleet Medical. And it's season six, so that would have been four years since she left Starfleet Medical. I like it. Good cannon keeping. Um, uh, Interior bridge. Picard enters to find it. Uh, ellipse empty. It takes him a moment to adjust. He walks around, drinks in the solitude, savors it. Finally, he sits in his chair. A long, quiet beat. Oh, he did and not then, sit in his chair. He didn't. No. It is. Hmm. Do you like it better with that? The idea of him sitting in his chair? No, I think that's too much. I agree. I think Cliff Bowl was correct. Yeah, or maybe it was a Stewart choice. Whatever the case, it's a great moment, particularly if you're like a diehard on this show. Just Picard, like it's almost like feels like something that would happen in a last episode of a show. <laughs> right? You know, like Sam yeah. Sam alone looking at the Cheers. Yep. I do like how he just takes the beat up at the horseshoe. Yeah, it's great. It's really, it's and really. I think right moving. there, what he's thinking is, I wish I was war. I wish I was wharf right now. He doesn't have to go to this <laughs> dumb thing. Believe myself. Must be Commander Riker. Excuse me. Of course. Pardon me. Um, if you'll notice, there's no extra. They they had no budget for extras in this scene, so they had to have no extras. It's very apparent. <laughs> and all the looping that you're hearing is done by the main cast. Oh, funny. You must be Will Riker. I must be. Calvin Hutchinson. Call me Hutch. <laughs> Calvin, awful name. I've never forgiven my I, parents. I, I like the Brent Spiner behind them. As soon as I saw you, I knew you them. had to be the Enterprise's I, first I know that sometimes I, I come down on Spiner. He is masterful masterfully comedic in this because it's completely it's completely organic he's trying to be this douchebag and therefore when he's doing these broad impressions of him they're dead on why do you hate hutch so much i think he's a nice guy all right he's a he's he's a trying a little hard he's is it he's trying hard or is it he's a narcissist no i think he's just trying He's 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 a he's a party he's a party He's a, a gadfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a douchebag. <laughs> oh, right, of right. course. I might have gone Your a reputation precedes you. Flashing blue eyes, square jaw, quite the ladies' man, I hear. Now, don't be modest, Will. <laughs> oh, may I call you Will? Uh, sure. <laughs> I also so hear that you're a musician. Great. I certainly hope you'll play something for us. It's not often we get to entertain the command crew of the flagship. <laughs> oh, and speaking of command... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Captain Picard. Commander. I was just telling your first officer what a real pleasure it is to have all of you here. So, how are you anyway? Very well, thank you. What have you been up to? We've just returned. It is very good to see you both again. Beverly. May I call you Beverly? Beverly. 
Have you noticed that the mean temperature here on Arcaria... I like that they give them the beat to genuinely laugh at Data. <laughs> ...is slightly yes. higher than normal for human comfort levels? I have found that humans prefer a body temperature of 21 degrees Celsius in order to operate most efficiently. However, I assume they there are several have cultures put together who what's actually happening prefer that their body temperature is identical to the temperature of the room in which they are standing. <laughs> the Shelliac, for example. I am telling you, you have never seen anything like this. And that's there a was- good cut, too, to go right to him doing the exact same thing. That's actually a good question, too, if it's in the script that they they laugh and know what's going on or if that was a Cliff Bowles choice. Mm, really, you're, 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 on team, you're on Team Cliff. Yeah. Well, before I thought it might have been Patrick Stewart that decided not to sit in his chair. Thousands of these creatures. The whole northern sky turned dark. I, oh, I, uh, Jordy. Deanna, I don't think you have met our host. This is uh, Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge. Hello. Hi. Counselor Deanna Troy. Hello. This is Commander Hutchinson. Oh, please call me Hutch. Hello. I was just telling your captain here about some of the more fascinating sights here in Arcaria. Either of you interested in ornithology? Uh, w- uh, well... The mating habits of the Arcarian horned fowl are quite interesting. If the weather were better, we could take horses to the southern promontory and visit the nesting grounds. Horses. Yes, we have a network of trails through the plains. Unfortunately, it's not very pleasant right now. Cold, muddy, not a soul for kilometers. Sounds perfect. Miss LaForge, how long before the Barrier Suite begins on the Enterprise? About 25 minutes, sir. And, I and it'll kill me if I stand it, correct? Your saddle? Yes. Uh, uh, also, this, this beat where Picard turns and hits the wall is very funny. A saddle is, is a, a very personal thing. It has to be. So I think what? A couple of questions. First, uh, I want to say uh, there is no laugh written into the script. It just says Riker and Beverly about data exchange a look. They can't believe this. And it says nothing else. There you go. It's uh, interesting. It's a bold choice. Seems like a um, Cliff Bold. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing is, do you think Hutchinson, when he's saying, oh, of course it's cold out there and nobody's around, that he's trying to head anyone off at the pass from thinking oh that sounds nice <laughs> so they don't leave the reception or he's no just, i think he's, he's just genuinely trying to be yeah. a host a great host gadfly yeah right you keep a saddle on board the enterprise oh yes yes uh, i never know when i will have the opportunity to ride i see it's perfectly normal you know most uh, most serious riders do have their own saddles of course absolutely <laughs> well if you will excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Look how mad Troy is. Yeah, Troy's mad because he knows that motherfucker. She knows that he's just full getting of out shit. of it. He's full of shit. So that's a, again empath. more proof that she's an actual double empath. double empath episode. Oh, this is really her hour. <laughs> Do I smell an early MVC favorite? <laughs> <laughs> what I don't love about his saddle is that it's so new looking. Yeah. Oh, maybe he doesn't have much of a chance. What Tuvok you did a terrible job Uh-oh, of cutting Tuvok. These. Someone left this ODM junction box open. I thought your crew was supposed to be off the ship once the field diverters were in place. The diverters have to be synchronized. I was laser bonding a backup link. I see. Well, I'd better let you finish up so that you can get off the ship. Excuse me a minute. 
battle! <laughs> and then it's delightful fighting. Not a Vulcan neck pinch, but looks like one. Are, uh, now, are you sure? I, I, uh, you have the script. Why don't you find out? I bet you it is, and I'll tell you why, at least for my headcanon, and I'm curious whether I bet you it isn't it's... because of the arm going behind the back like that. Well, I think that's just how he held him in place, and then he put the hand there, and I'd say it is because he melded with Sarek, and he would know the Vulcan neck pinch. Oh, I like that. I like that little bit of uh, headcanon. I'll take it. But I don't think Let it was see. scripted as a Vulcan neck pinch. Let's Um. Huh. What was a What was the thing that was said? ODN conduit. Or is the ODN interface? I think this is much later. Laser bonding off the ship. <laughs> I was laser bonding a backup link. So yeah, this is it. Okay. This card turns. Devin springs back into a combat stance, but Picard is ready for him. He dodges, yanks him around in a hammerlock, and wedges the side of his hand into Devra's cardioid or carotid? I don't know. Carotid artery? Carotid. Carotid. That's it. Um, struggles for a second, then slumps. So it doesn't specify. So that's a carotid artery, not a, not a neck pinch. We did it, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sure Would you not... not write Vulcan neck pinch if you're writing a Star Trek script? Yeah, maybe that guy didn't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe again, Cliff Bowles on top of his game said, "Hey, why are you making a Vulcan neck pinch?" And then Stewart said, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." And then, and then Cliff Bowles says, "Well, you melded with uh, Sarek," and everybody applauded. Uh, I've never seen a human be able to do it actually. Canonically, That's a good question: Is it something in the muscles? Wait, I lied. Michael Burnham. Oh, of course. I find it oddly amusing. <laughs> No, I, I don't think so. I'll introduce. This is like this is what it's like when people put Siri, Google Assistant, and Alexa into a conversation loop. That's what this is. <laughs> is it? When Hutch and Data start small talking. pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Hutch. <laughs> I've been meaning to compliment you on your choice of colors here. Oh, you really think so? Mm. Well, it wasn't easy making a final decision, let me tell you. I can well imagine. The light in this room would make color selection exceptionally problematic. Precisely. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not sure which one it's to feel sorry really well for. done. Mr. Orton? These kind of bits are you not always well done, and this one, they really nail it. Uh, I'm very happy with all of the stuff in this episode. I like that, uh, although I will say that I think uh, Picard hypo sprays uh, Tuvok a little early here. I'm calling him Tim Russ's character Tuvok even though it's what, Devin? The laser welder can be deadly. Now, what's going on in main engineering? I suggest that you cooperate. Your Starfleet. You won't kill me. You sure? Uh, that's That's clever too. Doesn't even let him try to finish. He just hypo sprays him. Uh, <laughs> come on, Captain. You know better. He knows he's not going to answer. Yeah, but still. Um, the Torelia is one of seven known planets with no atmosphere whatsoever. Really? Mm. They're still at it. Non stop. 
I have to admit it has a sort of strange fascination. How long can two people talk about nothing? I feel like that's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> I disagree. If it was a Seinfeld reference, they would have played the theme song. <laughs> Which well, I, don't like I don't have anymore. I don't have it anymore. I actually uh, think it's in uh, the Dropbox. It probably is. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, hang on. This move, they move this up just because Jordy notices whatever that's going to... Is it going to knock them out? It's all right. We'll look into it. You don't have to concern yourself. Now, <laughs> the reality of it was, I bet Riker was gonna go over there and go, "Sorry, guys, Jordy loves fixing things." Anyway, how are you guys doing with blah blah blah? I don't think it was necessary to <laughs> jump this whole thing up. It's completely crazy that he's going over to distract him, and then he has to fucking to palm, palm hit him. Horton, now. <sighs> okay. So that was the first part of set that oh, I wanted. I'm just talking about the wrong part. Sorry. Oh, no, but the first part of the set that I is when he goes down to the ground there. Like, look at the carpet up against the wall. <laughs> it's just a little dirty. It's not matched. It's not It's not flush against the wall because they were never yeah. going to. They never meant to see that part of the set. Uh-huh. And then. What? Oh, poor Hutch. What's going on? <laughs> now shut up. Stay just right shut up. Why Hutch dies but Jordy doesn't is beyond me. Maybe he switched it to a much higher setting because he knew he finally got his chance (laughs) to kill Hutch. Yeah, he hated Hutch. What do you think of the the heist team? You got the the nerd. (laughs) Sure. You got the muscle. Right. You got the uh, no-nonsense boss who doesn't care about the lives of her crew. Is Tuvok the muscle? No, I is think the muscle? the muscle is uh, is the uh, redhead guy. Okay, yeah. Be sure, Neil. I like... Uh, yes. I like that his... Her character. I like that his name is Neil. What a boring <laughs> like, name. It is funny. I guess this is what criminals would be like in the in the Starfleet world. Yeah. They'd all be a little bit bland. All right, Neil. Um, <laughs> it'd all just be nerds. Um, but I like her character because uh, she's kind of a, uh, a she's it's a sort of logical that she's a criminal and she's a badass. <laughs> like she's and also I see nothing gender specific about the character like it could have been a man or a woman so given the other problematic things on this show i think it's kind of nice that it's a woman down to the fact that maybe it wasn't even written as a woman let's find out and they just Uh, down to the fact that uh that her and picard have a hand-to-hand fight at the end and there's no indication of anything other than i mean i don't even remember uh, there must have been but i don't even remember uh, a guy fighting a woman hand to hand with that kind of full out, you know, they're both equally matched kind of thing. Clearly, you don't remember Power Play. What happened in Power Play? It's when Deanna Troy gets uh, the, the alien people go in Troy and, and Data and O'Brien, and then. Troy. Yeah, but she was possessed at that yeah, point. Yeah, sure, but still. Still fighting. Yeah. Perfect. Adequate. 
Disable the containment overrides and get the interlocks off the magnetic seal. Pommet, prepare the transport assembly. Keep watching that power flow. It might... Uh, don't you love how Mott the Barber gets so much play in this episode? He really? They really? My name is Mott. I'm, uh, I'm the barber. Barber. What the hell are you doing here? Everyone was supposed to be evacuated to the surface. Yes, I know. Um, but I wanted to go riding, but I, I didn't have my saddle, so I went back to get it. And, yes, that's right. It's on deck seven. I left it in the corridor, and then the power went out, and uh, I got lost. All right, all right, shut up. Just shut up! It's kind of doing a Hans Gruber thing here. Any sign of DeBoer? No. Sattler, get down here and uh, keep an eye on our barber. <laughs> he doesn't think funny. Right, get a haircut. <laughs> they all need haircuts, let's be honest. They really do. Look, just don't point that thing at me. Just do what I tell you and you won't have to worry. They seem reasonable. Now we're at this low part of the set, and then when we see behind his back, we'll see that the uh, set... Try lithium resin in there and secure it before the sweep gets here. I don't want to take any chances. guy's got Joker hair. Understood. (laughs) Green Joker hair. They covered Hutch's body in the purple color that Data was so fond of him choosing. A fitting tribute to Hutch. Poor Hutch. <laughs> he talked himself to death. I like that Picard knows that overloading this whatever conduit circuit thing will cause whatever the hell but look at the look at the set now do you see the set like it's taped and painted 400 times because they've removed that wall so many times where oh you mean uh, behind his hand yeah it could just be the texture of the wall disagree look yeah, at that no, not in the future <laughs> Neil, get over here! <laughs> Neil! <laughs> I like how we didn't do the Jordan LaForge roll under. Yeah. Didn't need to. I kind of wish that uh, Picard sent him th- through over the railing and into the warp core shaft. <laughs> He does a lot of things in this episode that I'm going to talk about that are just like, ooh, that is cold. <laughs> this is one of them. Well, I mean, he didn't purposefully didn't he? distract he the killer. He kind of, he knew that he saw, they established that he saw the, the Baryon sweep. Is it Baryon sweep? Is that what yeah, it is? but also like he's coming, he's, he's, he's just covering up his means of escape. I think that this look on Patrick Stewart's face shows a little bit of like, oh, fuck. I think the the look, look on at his face. Script. All right, I feel like the look on his face indicates uh, every time it kind of indicates um, um, one down. No, no, he's not happy about it, but he is sort of like, yes, I had to kill someone. <laughs> <It's> like, Did <laughs> you? <laughs> um, 
Alright, what can I look for that would be around this? Jeffrey's tube? Alright. It's so weird that you don't know how to search for words. You always have to ask which words. How long before the Baron sweep gets here? About 12 minutes. Nope. We should go to... No, that's not it. There's no Jeffrey's tube mention? Uh, there is, just not at that point in the script. I don't know. Hmm. Looks like you lost connection from the server. Click the button below to be redirected to the party and then click on the TP icon to rejoin. Okay. Let's see. Can I get back? Hmm. Invalid session. Up. Oh, well, Andy doesn't work anymore. All right. Well, it was a good podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it while it lasted. Uh, I guess I'll restart it over here. But anyway, did you find anything remotely? Uh, how about Neil get over here? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting closer. <laughs> it's got to be Neil get over here. Come on. Neil! There's a lot of Neils. Get over here. We should go to 10 forward. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I'll circle back. Oh, here it is. Uh, so that comes around the corner. This is a Picard's jacket. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Picard, now without his jacket, runs down the corridor over which we hear Sutler's brief painful scream in the background Picard's expression acknowledges this as he keeps on I feel like that's closer to what I was saying <laughs> it's just like uh huh yep that guy's dead no getting around it <laughs> I hope that wasn't Neil that's what he's thinking <laughs> I'd like, I always liked Neil do you know how volatile trilithium is we can't just start hauling it through the ship I'll, I'll try to make some modifications. Like how he breaks into Worf's room for what I would describe as the most cumbersome of Worf's weapons. The shitty crossbow. Yeah. It is strange. I guess it's because it's a projectile. I thought he was going to go for the Batleth, which I thought would have been cool. Uh, yes, that would have been cool, but then he couldn't poison the darts making them stun stun Kelsey arrows Kiros. I guess that is true this is Kiros we have a problem there's a Starfleet officer still aboard he's killed Sattler and he may have killed Devor. he also what a weird crossbow too it, like you hold it like a like a rifle and the bow part of it is vertical not horizontal I've never seen a crossbow like that so we have to leave here before the Baryon sweep enters this section what do you mean We're that's the, the way no, it's vertical. Like you hold it and like. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You, right, right. You yeah. cross. That's what makes it like the space because I everything see. else is exactly the same as a crossbow. Kelsey, even the mechanism to pull the string. You know better than to try to move trilithium resin. Mister Mott, or should I call you Lieutenant? Lieutenant Commander, perhaps. Maybe even more. <laughs> <laughs> the 
thought you'd want to give me one promotion. <laughs> Maybe two. But if you're so concerned about the trilithium, I suggest you stop interfering with us before you set off an explosion that would destroy the Enterprise and you. I would rather destroy the ship than allow that resin to fall into the hands of terrorists. What makes you think I'm a terrorist? Trilithium resin is a highly toxic waste product produced by our engines. It's only possible use could be as a weapon. I feel you like that. You might that's... be right, Mr. Mott. We've been planning for this for a long time. Yes, go ahead. Actually, she's about to say it. Time. And I doubt you'll really be able to stop us. Or even slow us down. I don't, I don't know where she says it, if it's here or there, but uh, it's just basically her denying that she's a terrorist and that she... 300 milligrams she's of trilithium. For profit. I guess it's later. I'm... Uh, Using a dynamic stabilizer to act as a control rod. And that's very. Um, that should keep. Are you doing it as I'm doing? I'm sorry, I was, you were talking and I was trying to pause it, not knowing that you had paused it an instant before me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, uh, it reminds me very much of uh, "You're Just a Common Thief" to Hans Gruber. I'm an exceptional thief. I'm yeah. Moving up to kidnapping, I would be more polite. Um, so I feel like it's. Very deeply influenced by Die Hard, one of the greatest action movies well, of all time. I, I don't think they ever made a secret about it. Well, I feel like I've caught him red-handed. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy, you're blowing the lid off of this thing. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> oh man, we got TNG. We got to writing staff. We got to shut this podcast down right now. Yeah. Uh, there, that should keep the resin stable enough for transport. Come on! Don't be so tense, Neil. Listen, if something goes wrong, you won't have time to worry about it. Let's go. Hey, Matt. She's not uh, wrong. I think you skipped over it. So go back to 29 and tell me what you see. 29. When he goes into the quarters? Uh, I don't know where it is. Okay, I'll go right to 29 when he gets handed the community. She hands... She's handed the communicator, the comm badge. Yeah, do you notice anything about the comm badge? The Jeffrey's tube. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a trick of the light. I don't. What is it? No, it was a trick of the light. I thought it was black, so I thought it was just a... Delta. It was an independent one. But, of course, it's it's his, so that's the reason it wouldn't be a... Section 31. Imagine if it was. Yeah. So we have to leave here before the Baryon sweep in. Oh wait, were you pre- you predicting that this was a team of Section Thirty One trying uh, to get Trilithium I, I, instead of I was getting it off their own ships? Some <laughs> accidental flash forward on that. No, don't be silly, Andy. Yeah, it is nothing they would do. Nothing in Discovery's canon. <laughs> Three more decks, and we take card of fifteen B all the way to ten forward. What's wrong? We have to find another way up. The runs are cut. That wasn't very clever, Mr. Mott. If you knew where we were, you should have attacked us. Now we'll just take another route, one you might not be able to predict. There are only so many ways to tend forward. 
Turn forward is the logical place to be if you want to stay ahead of the Baryon sweep. That sweep is just as big a threat to you as it is to us. In fact, if I were you, Mr. Mott, I'd be trying to find another way off this ship. I plan on leaving the same way you do. On your ship. What ship? Puff of magic smoke. What? <laughs> You've been planning this so long. You must have a way of getting off the Enterprise and leaving this system. I think you have a ship coming for you. I plan to be on it. It's a small ship, Mott. I don't think there's going to be room for both of us. I'm sorry to hear that. Send your regrets. So, uh... I have two questions. One yeah. question is, he'll send his regrets to who? <laughs> the person, the ship, and he gets on it. <laughs> but who's on the ship? Well, he doesn't know. He'll go, sorry, she couldn't make it. Also, I'm Captain Picard. Uh, and the other thing is, what about the other guy? She's sort of indicating like, it's like that guy's not even coming in the way she, in her verbiage. Well, she kills him, doesn't she? I know, but shouldn't he note at that point, just like, hey, wait a minute, you're not mentioning me in this Neil this version. would never think that of anybody. <laughs> it's not even in Neil's realm of thought. Poor Neil. He's the best character. Crossbow to leg. That is a very impractical crossbow. Hold it. I would have liked to see him try and outdraw here. Put your weapon down. It's all Kelsey, jigs this up. is Kuros. I'm on deck 10. I have Mott. Is he alive? Yes. <laughs> Good. Meet us at intersection 41. Understood. Inters- not intersection 41. This way. I know where 41 is. I'm the barber, after all. <laughs> Modifications you've made to this unit. We're gonna have- this is some cold-blooded stuff here. Neil didn't deserve this. No. Neil and Hutch, I hope you're in heaven. (laughs) You're in terror. You're in profiteer heaven. One of you was a very nice guy. The other was a douchebag, according to Andy. (laughs) I'll miss you, Neil. I'll miss you, Hutch. Any problems removing the trilithium? No. Just remove the control rod. Drain the unit. There shouldn't be any problem. That's all I wanted to know. I would have been like, oh, there's also a secret code to actually get that rod off, but I'm not going to tell you now that you pointed that gun at me. <laughs> hey, we did it. <laughs> I'm Neil. <laughs> you can't outsmart Neil. Not as clever as you thought. Where's Palmet? He shot him with some kind of an arrow. He's not dead. Well, he will be soon. The sweep's nearly here. We don't have time to go back for him. What about Neil? The sweep got him. It's some kind of an Let's arrow. Go. <laughs> How many kinds of arrows are there? <laughs> well, there's small game arrow, there's improved arrows, there's fire arrows. <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> uh, then they use data. They use uh, they use data's uh, ability to be alive for things that humans can't 
be conscious for uh, once again the 900th time of the year and uh, poor Jordy uh, has his visor turn into a weapon yeah <laughs> what do you think of the taped up booby trap he has in 10 forward it's a little vague what it is. Well, it's not that vague. He was making it when I mean, he was trying I know to... the yeah, they showed him working on it, so they definitely justified it, but um But it's like somebody is Mott. It's you know, somebody's Picard. gonna walk over it. Captain Picard. This is all beginning to make sense. Only a captain like have a is... saddle on board. <laughs> oh, I guess his intention is for them to take him. But he's. But why even offer that to them? They're not going to like make a deal with him. Well, I mean, at this point, time is running out, and maybe they will. But why not just take the trilithium, also? Because and now that they know he's valuable, like he's kind of shown his hand. Yeah, but he's like, I'm more valuable than trilithium. I'm Captain Picard. So he just wants to judge his. That's what he's saying. Value to them. Yeah. He's like, he I'm see, like, the most valuable thing in the galaxy. How much I'm worth. Nothing is more valuable than me. This is all beginning to make sense. I have free wine. Bring the here and take me with you. You can use me as a hostage instead of threatening it. I am not a terrorist, Captain. If you take my saddle, that'll add at least 14 credits. we do have agendas, and they are very interested in this little container. Profit. This is all about profit. I prefer to think of it as commerce. Space commerce. So what's her deal? Is she part of the Federation? Like, where's she going to spend the profit? Everywhere that doesn't... Everywhere that isn't Earth. Yeah. Open the door. Why do people want profit in the future if you're in the Federation? I don't think she is in the Federation. Uh-huh. What if the Admiral's Club no, game started playing? Slowly. <laughs> do you think you're required to this is off topic do you think you're required to work in the federation like everything's taken care of you get your health care all your food obviously some people have to work on the shitty mines on mars yeah with those androids yeah those that, androids they, that, that you have to make fun of to their faces <laughs> they're so dicks Picard all right, don't fall down the hole. I'm sorry. Keep going. Explosion! Yeah, my feet. <laughs> why, I don't know why. Why did also, I wear my flammable pants? Isn't with all this talk about how dangerous the it is with the trilithium? It seems like this is a weird thing to do. It's the last resort. I'll just someone will explode, and then the trilithium will fly across the room. <laughs> is pretty great. This fight Just like, uh, it's like getting caught in a trash compactor on a Death Star. Yeah. It would have been really funny if the yelling was happening and, and Data thought they died. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest, no. funniest part of Star my Wars. Metal, my metal body wasn't quick enough. That is, that is, to me as a child, that was the funniest part of Star Wars. When she thinks they're dead. When he thinks they're dead. Huh. Oh! <laughs> It's very funny. I don't know. It's still funny, I guess. I haven't watched it in a couple years, but I bet it's still funny. Picard, 
I guess I'll be the one to send your regrets. To who? <laughs> but they weren't expecting me. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a lot of confusion. Carrier base. This is Captain Picard on board the Enterprise. Deactivate the Varian sweep. Is there a reason there's a delay other than to increase dramatic Picard. tension? Deactivate the Varian no. sweep immediately. It's a good effect. Yes, Mr. Data. Sir, an unidentified scout ship has just beamed someone off the Enterprise. Do you know anything about it? I just had one loose end to tie up. I know they won't get very far. <laughs> I just murdered them. Pew pew. I did that. You see? I did that, Data. It's just... The explosion, the trilithium explosion of a ship when you're on the Enterprise with no shields, nor should you really have life support right now. Whatever, I'm not even going to get into it. It is true. He's talked about how dangerous it is. Listen to them. They're dying, Artu. Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. It's all my fault. You're all right. Hey, hey, open the pressure main attack on you. Where are we? That was it. That made me laugh. <laughs> Chris, my battle no, body yeah. wasn't fast enough. I think for me, the, uh, the Han Solo badly trying to con his way out of it is uh, highly, largely dangerous. Uh, like uh, We're all fine yeah. here yeah. right now. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're all fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that uh, most of that was uh, was uh, Harrison Ford's ad libs. I don't know. George Lucas has a flair for dialogue and directing. <laughs> you put it all together. The guy's got to be good on some level. Immensely, <laughs> four hundred billion times more talent than you and I combine. I, well, I don't, I, I don't know if you got to drag me down. That goes without saying. Oh, come on. I, you made Star I Wars. Am, what have you done? Look, I'm not saying I'm not as good as George Lucas. I'm just saying you got to give him credit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is as good I, as me. I'm saying it. I'm not as good as George Lucas. The end. Uh, oh, let's get to the end here. Yeah. For this lovely scene. Worf is holding it like it, it smells bad. Why does he? Yeah, why is he so weirded out by it? Why does he hate it? Someone put it in a maintenance locker. And why does that Thank bother you. him? The captain, you keep a saddle on board. Mr. Worf, I'm surprised at you. Anyone who is an experienced rider naturally has his own saddle. It's this is a weird normal. ending. Actually, came in handy. I only wish I'd had the opportunity to use it on a horse. Of course. I think Worf, why is this the Worf ending? is mad because he didn't get his crossbow back. They this still have not the, found my. 
<laughs> you mean your crossbow? Uh, this yeah. is this is this is a totally weird ending, and I feel like it should have been I, more about. Is, I will say, uh, say your thing, yes. but I'll have to say what I think. About I feel like it should have been more about the people that he killed, and that he was just like, and some speech about you know with Riker, where it was about him protecting his territory, and obviously it was about the 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 trilithium, but you know something kicked in when he was there alone. And uh, and I don't mind that you know if they didn't address it, but it just felt like this was not the right ending for me. This felt very much like the end of an episode of the of TOS where they're all on the bridge. You, you dropped out. Say it again. I, I said this felt to me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. This felt like an episode of the original series where they're all standing on the bridge having it a laugh did. at the expense of McCoy or Spock or Kirk. And but it was forced. It wasn't like organic to what, what I, had gone before. I liked it. And I liked it for the reason that it reminded me of the good old days of uh, of, of of Kirk's Enterprise. And like oh. it also like it also like gelled the rest of like cuz the whole episode is a lot of these moments of cohesion with the crew and like you know the thing with Worf and Geordi at the beginning, the thing where they're laughing at Data with the small talk. It's like all that stuff sort of felt like, look, I mean, you're right. The ending that you are proposing would have been a more satisfying TNG ending, but I liked seeing this. I'll go even farther and say, if you're going to do... You can't go further. I went the furthest. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go one step further. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to do the comedic TOS ending, bring Data back as the guy yammering, and then everybody leaves. I think they didn't do that to honor the memory of Hutch. <laughs> I see it would be too insulting to Hutch. Yeah. What about all these people that 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 Picard killed as he's as he's boring of smiling up a storm at his saddle at the return of his saddle? He didn't. He didn't kill anybody. <laughs> he executed that lady. He pulled a thing off of it. He knew that the trilithium was going to explode and kill everyone on he that ship. Did not his. He actions... knew that that guy was going to fall. He was going to be killed by the Baryon sweep when he distracted him. I don't think he knew that. I think he. I was aware that that was a possibility. But I think he did all the things that he did, where he hypo. Also, isn't also the lady that he that he with the little sparks that happened in Ten Forward? That lady died in the Baryon sweep too. Look, everybody's on his conscious except Neil. Mm, that's true. Neil Neil isn't his fault. So, <laughs> yes, but everyone. What I liked about it was that you. It was all very. It was all indirect killings. It wasn't indirect killings. He it specifically did a thing. He pulled a thing off the the the, the um, trilithium to ensure that it did not get into the hands of terrorists. Yes, I'm not saying he wasn't justified, or that Look, was, that's a separate question. I'm there's a world he where they. There's a world where they he assassinated there's them. There's a world where she. If Neil was with her still, Neil would have been like, "Hang on, we have to stop. I don't see the thing," and they would have stopped the ship. Yeah, and they would have. They would have bargained with Picard to get the to get the stabilizer back. Right, Neil would have been the the MVC most valuable criminal. Neil would have been the MVC <laughs> of that for sure. But again, like I think they're all indirect ways that they were killed. They seem pretty pretty uh, cognizant. He seems pretty cognizant of what he's doing. Whatever. I, mean. I, I agree with you that they're avoiding having him bash someone's head in, but everything he does r- results in somebody dying. Well, I mean, that's just, what's, what are you going to do? You know? What are you going to do? Yeah. 
He literally says, he's not dead. You can go back and get him. Uh-huh. And then she's like, no, it's too late. What about the lady on the floor? What lady on what floor? He shocks the lady. He doesn't shock her. He surprises her with magic sparks. <laughs> Whatever he does, she's killed by the baryon sweep a second later. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not on him. Well, the the, dilith- the trilithium is irrefutable. Uh, he, again, he knows that she she's going to die. She As a matter of fact, he has his communicator. When Data's saying, do you want us to stop them? You could have him say alert them that if they don't return then they're going to die all right that's fair (laughs) but he was like i didn't like that lady no i think he was like this is my ship yeah i think that is the subtext actually but that's why this last starship is mine (laughs) just like the title of this episode all (laughs) right everybody Oh, I have that. I have that off or so low. We can't hear any of that. So let me just play this one then. Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Neil, Troy, or Doctor Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. So long, Hutch and Neil. Um, let's see, is it Tuvok? It's Neil. He does a good job. Um, is it Hutch? Is it uh, Oten? Pell no. Oten? Well, he dropped the pell. What? What is, by the way, Riker's plan? When he distracts the guy, he like hits him in the face. He does nothing. He distracts the guy, and then Data sort of. is he like, "Data, you're the only one that's not going to be affected. You do this thing." Oh. That is another classic uh, situation, by the way, where Data could have easily disarmed all of them just by moving at super speed. <laughs> or minimally, like just like running across the room, picking something up and throwing it at their heads and knocking them out. But what is? Um, nitpickers. I'm a nitpicker. Um, I guess it's got to be Picard. There's really no way around it. I mean, come on. Picard and Neil. Those are the two. It's a split vote, but I'll just give it to Picard. Uh, Everybody does some cool things, though. Beverly re- rewires the headsets and such. And 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 Deanna yeah. is uh, s- such an empath. This episode, it's Craig. Yeah, she's a real she's a real empath. Good for you, Deanna. Deanna. Um, Andy, how many Andys does this Andy episode? Andy, it's going to be a tough one because I really think the action and the the way they lay out the plot. And and frankly, the way that it's kind of effortless, they're not spending a lot of time, um, you know, with Picard talking. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a sounding board, and they don't create a sounding board. They don't give him. Oh, I was also left behind on the ship. I'm a civilian, and tell me what you're thinking every step. It's just very streamlined, and they just go for it. I don't like the ending. Um, and I do feel so like they rude. thematically could have tied it into something a little bit more. Even in the, the title, they're sort of implying something about it. Uh, and they don't really do it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to maybe go down to an 8.5. But it's just so exceptional. Down in terms to of an the, 
the, in terms of how they lay out wow. the Picard kicking ass, that I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, I love this episode. I watch it a lot. Uh, it's a nine for me as well. It'd probably be a ten, I think, if the uh, if the B portion of it was a little more interesting. Yeah, that's fair. But I it's, really, that, I think that's it. That's what's lacking. I really like uh, like this. The, all the favorite cold open, one of my favorite cold opens, if not my favorite. And it's pretty great. I love just you know how shit, shit works on a starship, and then I love Die Hard. So why wouldn't I love it uh, in space on the Enterprise D? And the di- and the comedy is solid all the way through. All the comedy hits where it's supposed to hit, right in the yeah. feels, you know, Real right impressive. in the right in the humorous guys. That's the funny bone, <laughs> right is, in the, um, the funny carotid bone. artery. Finny Boone. Car- what did you call it? Caro- Car- karate karate artery? <laughs> karate artery? What did you call it? You I said something I was very confused by. And, uh, well, look, everybody. Let's take a look at the trailer for next week's episode. It's Lessons. I'm, one, I'm looking forward to see what Andy has to say about Lessons. Uh... I'm ready when you are. Here we go. It is the trailer for 619 Lessons. Let's hit play in three, two, one, play. Passion unlocks Captain Picard's hidden emotions. Didn't we agree not to let our relationship get in the way of our work? But fate forces him to choose between romance and duty. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't, don't say you're sorry. Now, when a raging firestorm threatens hundreds of lives, Darren to perimeter teams, we've got a problem. He must risk sending the woman he loves to her death. Which teams are missing? Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh. I assure you, uh, the relationship is more earned than that trailer. <laughs> Intense. <laughs> that's really it's uh, that trailer is asking you to buy a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like the episode. I think you'll enjoy. I, you might enjoy. It. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how you feel about it. In all honesty, well, we luckily have a podcast that re- requires us to find out, and you will all find out next month. Which uh, means it's the end of the month and it's time to walk back into the President's Circle and say thank you to our patrons who are supporting us at the President's level. So anybody who doesn't want to hear this, you don't have to. Everybody who does want to hear this, you guys are the bestest. And because of you, we shall head to the President's Circle. Oh, yes. We got the Star Trek Mega Suite. And we have some people to thank, Andy. Let's talk about it. I'm oh, look shit. Forward to I was it. very low. These people in most here of are the, the best. Episode. And I apologize. And I feel like we have a lot of new people, uh, an influx of new people. Welcome to all of you. Influx? <laughs> Big Flocks fans. Good job. I did it. I made Andy. <laughs> More annoyed. <laughs> Acknowledge. You mean, Andy? Acknowledge your reference. Uh, all right, Andy, I'll kick it off. I'll take page uno. Big all old right. thank you to Christopher L. Mitchell, Blue Archangel, John Macy, Gerard, James, Pizza Shrapnel, Maddie H., Rob Wisdom, John Matthews, Wendy Wolf, Al 
Fredo. Niles Andreg. <laughs> We got it. <laughs> Matthew Holmes, Ultimate Trekker. We heard from him earlier. AJ, Miss J, Katie Connolly, Thomas Jordan, Verding Nooseness, Verding Nooseness, Nooseness. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Vert Ingeniousness. All right. I kind of feel like it's constructed. To defy, I think it is absolutely, and you know what? Thank you anyway, Matt Chappie. Thanks, David Trusios, Brenda Rexing, Aaron Johnson, David LeBrun, uh, Garrett Jones, Zach Engbird, Natasha Harrison, Husker, Danny B, Edward Sides, Jason Sesportis, Patrick, Daniel Weiss, Nameless Bond, Rachel Amber Bloom, Andy Whaley, Alessandra Ragusa. Isaac Boatsit, Joel Ahrens, Benjamin Lyons, Alexander Markowitz, Aaron Houston, Mad Seb, Macon Clark, Laura Munoz, Jeff McGregor. Munoz. There you go. Mike Boonackley, Matt Evans, Sterling Moffat, Movie Time with the TH, Hannah Silver, Jenkman91, and Kerry Hunter. May I ask, since there's a break in the action, what is happening at this part in the in the story in the in the in the movie or whatever this is playing it kind of sounds like the love story soundtrack uh it kind of is it's star trek insurrection picard falls in love in it oh uh thank you to jason leach brett schulte or schult uh lieutenant sean lieutenant jeff raimondo lieutenant kyle stanley adam ringland kevin s brooks Adam R. Murray, Chris Wilder, I, the cat, Michelle, sorry, Michelle Vasil, Vasilge. Um, if you want the uh, correct pronunciation, put it in uh, phonetically spelled next to your name in the Patreon entry. Jack Turek, Daniel McGowan, Lieutenant Jeffrey Maddox, Lieutenant George Porter, Lieutenant Katie Brozek, Lieutenant Michael Parsons, Jess, who is attracted to Andy. Thank you. Uh, Grace Ellen Mixner. Baron Von Poo, mm. Lieutenant Charlie, Lieutenant Matthew Th- Thome, uh, Thomas McGowan, Jack Diamond, Commander Junior Grade, John Weggy, um, Todd Harmon, Lieutenant Sean, Jacob Paul, Heather Knight, Jerome Severin, Peter Goodwin, Nick Gonzalez, Mike, Matt Snyder, Jordan Kilby, Tony Lambaste, uh, Scott Farley, Andre Bayou, the Romanian Trekkie, Heath Korshkin, Duncan Delp, Finn Upham, uh, Daniel Heron, Adam Ware, Kevin Johnston, Roberta Cat, Lieutenant Skyler Jungit, Lieutenant Sean Moore. Is that Lieutenant? Lieutenant Skyler Sean Moore? Are you legitimate like, Lieutenant Sean Moore? You know what? Skyler's last name sounds like exactly where Picard pinched Tuvok, right in the Jungit. <laughs> um, he learned that from Sarek Sean Daly, Lieutenant Lawrence Lieutenant M.W. Andy Benton Lieutenant Heather Keller Seamus O'Toole Darmac on the Ocean Paul Neal And thank a thank you. you to Patrick Reese Laura Fearson Jonah Bruletta David K. Jonathan Feller Peter Ballard Nick Lenchner Cup <laughs> Philip Cutler Lieutenant Cup <laughs> Uh, Philip Cutlass, uh, or Cutlass, 
Kultus, Kultus, Philip Kultus, Frank the Cat, Anthony Deacon, David Veenstra, Scott Goki, uh, or Goke? Eh, you'll tell us. Brian Pierce, John King. Again, we are all just terrible at pronouncing things. You're not, you, you guys shouldn't feel like you have to, but sometimes if we mispronounce constantly, please do. Uh, Tim Bondrant, Kelly Sweeney, Michael Rossi, David Pinson, uh, Stephen Dyerson, Derek Knighton, Jonathan Bruno, Carrick Jones, J.R. Johnson, Patrick Davidson, Zach McCullough, Tanner Wilson, Noah Sudret, Brandon Catanelli, John Zeltz, Brett LeBond, Sean Lyons. I just, that, I had a seizure right there. Little tiny stroke. <laughs> Brett LeBlanc. It was worth it. Uh, Sean Lyons, <laughs> Andrew Woomer, Carolyn McNamara, James McLaughlin, Christopher the Imperfect Mate Bateman, Doug Anderson, Hayden, uh, or Hot, ha- yeah, it's got to be Hayden. Hayden, Edward O'Hare, Sarah St. F- Francis. What? Huh? Sarah Fancies. Oh. Stefan, oh, I see, I see. Sarah, Fa- uh, thank you, Andy, for. I, I do wonder why she says previously Sarah Stefansies, and uh, I wonder what the story is. Uh, Sandal Tremel, Sandal Tremel, Jillian Little, Philly G, Rose Harless, Nick Angelo, Adam and JP, Brandon Tesk, sorry, Brendan Teske, Kevin Polly, Stephanie Simmons, Andrew Cop. Uh, Kenny, me, and Matt Fader, Theodore Zet, Zetazello. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that, Theodore. Uh, David Joseph Moody, thank you. And thank you so much. Three down. You beautiful people. Seven, eight to, to go. Hampus Theander, Lieutenant Trevor Kozdrowski, Lieutenant Sam Pass. Lieutenant James Mainero, Chris Yates, Christopher Mitz, Benjamin Garcia, Paul Magnus, Calabro, Dania, Daniel Fashing, Debbie Lemon, Mark Iseri, um, Patrick, Lieutenant Steve Hess, Haas, uh, Lieutenant Bob Blair, Mark C., Transporter Chief of Rupert Crandall's Inside <laughs> Straight, and Distractable Vetter of Incoming Heads of Starfleet Security. Um, somebody's got to do it, Mark C. Catherine Gartner. Andrew Why Not Wyman, Lieutenant David, Lieutenant Michael Collins, Lieutenant Matthew M. Columbus, Nelson Helwig, Janella Robbins, Lieutenant Amy Pointer, Lieutenant Joe Lenzen, Sante Mastriana, Lieutenant Kevin 32, Jeff Caramaza, Lieutenant Amy Gibbs, Lieutenant Chuck Credo, Lieutenant Laura Palma, Blanford, Philip Hanshai, Teddy Jordan, uh, James Tuttle, Section 31, Sections 31, Agent Wheeler, Juan Morales, Lieutenant Alex Edson, Lieutenant Michael Shade, Lieutenant Bryant Strometz. Hang on, uh, hang Lieutenant- on, everybody. It's the orchestration of Enterprise. Yeah, guitar! Nice. That's how you know it's the past that's how you know lieutenant it's <laughs> 1999 jiminy jillikers lieutenant feldy bmf uh bill and ted mute minute cedron law ed mundy l chapulin oh, ch uh, chapulin Ch- chapulin I, d- I already deciphered the 
I see. Yeah. Oh, hard H sound. I see. He's got. A, I'm sorry. It's hard CH sound. El Chapeline. Accented syllable. El Chapeline. Colorado. Colorado. We got there. Thank you for the help. Uh, Mikey Melton, Winston Stauffer, Leon Kassab, Dan Hornberger, Adam Dodge, Lieutenant Pat E, Lieutenant Grant McGuire, Lieutenant Daniel Permut, and thank you to Jonathan Anderson, and thank you to Lee Chapman. And a big old thank you to Richard Jackson, Andy Sullins, Nick G, <laughs> Jay, I got stuck in Oprah right there. Uh, Molly Murphy-White, Amanda Murphy, Beth Clark, Julie O, Scott Landles, Greg Lotta, The Great and Terrible Lizak, Lisa Simpson, Jeffrey Barker, Adrian Bing, Clark, Josh Moore, Roberto, Gwethelyn Williams, uh, Raching Pang, why not a prime minister for the Federation? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't know why they stuck with the presidents. Uh, Joey G, John G., uh, Cedric Clark or Cedric Clark, Lucas Swain, Chris Asher Mercer, Jay from the ScienceDiv.com. That's the Tribble people. Sarah Friedman, Chad Wavel Jimenez, Dax, Lorraine Denman, Rob, Michelle Fairbanks, Delphi Blues, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Igsha, Andrew McClure, JJ. I challenge Jess to Califi for Andy's affections, Carter. You're making me blush. Thomas, Jonathan Misner, uh, uh, Denise Kupferschmidt, Dylan Ekmelian, Ekmelian, Melian, yeah, Tara Hunter, Amelia Snecker, uh, sorry, Emily, Emily, Emil, Emily, Emily, yeah, that's probably probably what Emily, Emily. Snecker, Jeff Weiner, Judge 3439, Noah Smith, Andy Puckett, TNG's resident astrophysicist, Trenton Hoyt, Darren Gleason, Edward uh, Andres Acevedo, Mark Redenius, Steve Thomas, Daniel St. Louis, Melody, the one in Australia, and Kieran O'Sullivan, thank you. Um... This uh, I love this this part of the theme. This I think is this this part of the darkness. Michael Giacchino theme. I do got to say he's, he does a fine job. I don't care for a Michael Giacchino score. Really, you don't even like this? It's so heroic. I mean, this part I like. Ryan Hecht, Lieutenant Jerry Our ship's Brown, much bigger. Lieutenant Joel Greenbow, and the champ Chamberlain. You can go from a cadet to a captain. It's Star Trek. Lieutenant Kellen Adamson, thank you. Lieutenant Anthony Trepicione. Rutger Hauer, thank you for all your fine work. Um, Lieutenant Tim Shields, Scott Watson, Amber Schmidt, Tom Hagopian, John Lynn, Cavard on Facebook and Instagram, Eric Griffiths, The Dude Never Bowls, The Bad Pizza, Zach Crumb, Hiss, Erica Vanover, uh, at Erica Laughing, Commodore 64, a werewolf with a Chinese vampire in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Lando, Joel Shall Distance More, Tim Collins, Thomas Nettleton, Lieutenant Glenn, Glenn Wakeley, Lieutenant Brian Rewinkle, Frederick Rombouts, Daryl the Animal Noy, Lieutenant Kately M., Lieutenant Catherine, Jeff the Human, and Maximus the Dog, Wesley Crushing That Ass, Jesse Elliott, Tom Glover, Glover? Um, Nick, Dan Billing, Lance Daniel Hepper, Alexander Cruz, John, Jonathan Sourshell, Jonathan Leader, Judith Haynes, Joe Blow, and I'm Devanani Ra. 
Nice work, whoever you are. Ian Werner, Jody, Cody Stanley, Stephen Cotter, Lieutenant Harold Griffin, Griffin, no, Harold Giffen, uh, Lieutenant Jeffrey Child, Rob Baptiste, Matthew L. Went. Thank you to Dion, and thank you, Lieutenant Catherine Novacek. And a thank you to John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Joyce Hudson, Carmen DeHoog, Eric B., Stephen McVicker. M- M- sorry. McVicker? That's correct, Andy. Stephen McVicker, Aaron, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Erlinson, Rob Cumberland, Andrew Reeves, Kendra Song, Matthew Dillon, Matthew Cutler, Rob Sabin, J.C. Shaggy, Matt Schaefer, Jeff Mills, uh, President Preston Foster, not the president, Risa, sorry, Risa Kotchuk, sorry, Risa. Uh, Simon Harper, Linda Dilbeck, Ryan Solo, Seth Olson, Daniel Stenrod, Trek Barnes, James Carrier, Full Trucker Effect, Matthew Wipert, Chris Leopold, Chris DQ, Marcello Vida, Myra Seconda 2020, four more years of mediocre podcasting, and Joe Sullivan, Jeff Jenkins, Wabash Kozak, Peter Sheeran, uh, Jeremy, thank you, Miriam Centeno, Kip Corbett, Heather Nelson, C.D., Seth J. Boudreau, Jesse Tushinsky, how are you, Jesse? Andrew Polkrang, Aaron N., Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscles, Ripley, Stalwart, Neelix Defender, currently adrift in space, Mike Laban, Mr. <laughs> Bundy, Scott Bradley, Richard Craig, Tucker Powers, uh, Brandon Callinger, and Nathan Haney, thank you. And a wonderful and warm thanks also to Alex Carrico, Andrew Michael the Barber, the, Andrew Michael Barber the First, Joel Cude, Jason Brown, Chuck Day, Tell Takelnui, uh, Gary Martinez, Jesse Glaspy, Lieutenant Brian Deemer, CC Sadler, Zach Wilson, Lieutenant Sem Essendal, uh, Tim Seabell. Stephen Herman, Kyle Thompson, Rebecca Shavita, Gareth Case, Lieutenant Jed Jerkins, Lieutenant Jesse Hendricks, Lieutenant Derek Hawkins, Robert Denton, Lieutenant Claire Powells, Colin McEwen, Eric Maughan, Rob Trevino, that's it, <laughs> uh, Ray Trame, uh, sorry, wish. Raymond, Lieutenant Raymond. Yeah. No, I was saying, I wish Rob was right and that was all the names, but we've got more. <laughs> Uh, Dave Howe, Lieutenant Kathleen Guzman, Christopher P. Gill, the chairman of the Borg, uh, Car- Carl Daath, Kristen Scalisi, the goddess of carbs, Adam Hotz, Lieutenant Amanda Bootwell, Lieutenant Adam Rogers. Thank you to Barry Wallace. Thank you to Varhan, Farhan Gay Sarjuz, uh, Dan McLeod. Uh, Alexis Borsier. Farhan, your name sounds like a Borat bit, and I enjoy it. Thank you. It does. <laughs> uh, Universal Dick Admiral Matuine. Uh, Kurt, Jell- Kurt Kelly. Keith Bodela. Lieutenant Dak Bate. Lieutenant Dak Pate. Lieutenant Kim Vilsack. Brett Parsons. K.D. Campbell. Lieutenant Jerry Canavan. Fred Coppersmith, Lieutenant Vanilla Thunder, Ryan, not a doctor, Doom, Catface, Emily Eldred, C. Edwards, Kevin Cortakis, and Lieutenant Ross, I think it's Ross McLeod, 
in lieu of Rutger Hauer, I present the most amazing lieutenant. Hubert Iridia. Oh, there you go. I blew it for you. Brandon Davis, <laughs> Nate Richmond, Paul Brisk, Jillian Randles, Brett Jarrett, Sean, Robert Olson, the Kembles, Andrew Witzel, Sunshine 51. Derek Westover, Lissy D, Anthony Rideout, Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Oh, God. What happened there? I didn't do anything. I did it accidentally. I didn't mean to do it. Guys, I got to get back to the Star Trek TNG theme. Everyone in the in the president circle is staring at us. Guys, man. guys, I, I, I got to go. <laughs> there it is. Phew. Jerry Goldsmith, arranged by Dennis McCarthy. Andy... Who did I leave off yeah. at? Uh, I'll tell you. It was probably... I'll just start with Sean, Robert Olson, the Kembles, Andrew Witzel, Sunshine 51. There it is. Derek Westover, Lissy D, Anthony Rideout, Trekaholic. That's where I left off. Trekaholic. Richard Davis, Will Holsclaw, Jeff Mullins, Lauren Gleason, the Donkey of Prey, and multiples of her would be Donkeys of Prey. Uh, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Lisa Gomez, Stevie Marie Nickel, the only Mallory, <laughs> Elena, oh, Alan L. A special encore presentation of Frank Sinatra. Come on, this segment doesn't stop just like Frank never stopped. Well, you asked for it. You're nice. the president. Here it is. Frank Sinatra, oh. come on. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Oh, Andy, it's time for Frank Sinatra, come on. And uh, I just want to say, Frank, we're alive right now. He'd thank the following people for being real cool cats. Mark Mitchell, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Steve Harcourt, Katie Whitestone, Paul Sharp, Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Eric Rumfeld, Dan Kostelik, Andrew Ingram, Chad Fate, Andrew Gibson, Jason Warrand, Tish Wheeler, Daniel Perez, Matt Brick, Kevin Brown, Ben Roach, William Smith, Mike Webster, the Squire of Gothos himself, nice. Thomas Peering, Shriekenar, Brian Adams, Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, Elizabeth Simpson. Thank you all so much. And we're in the home stretch. Sing it out. Thank you all so much. Lieutenant Scott, As- uh, Scott Austin, Lieutenant Andrew, Lieutenant Claudia, Lieutenant Brian Hellman. Thank you to Karen Van Off, Lieutenant Veronica Wisely, Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray, Mike Jones, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Scott Burnett, Brett Euler, Lieutenant Amy Giles, Stephen Price, Stephen Small, Christopher Fanagi, Derek Atkinson, Lieutenant Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, Lieutenant Jeremy Miller, James Baker, Professor of Humanite, uh, sorry, Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker, <laughs> uh, Frederick Roy, Jonathan Wentz, um, Martin Hedegard Peterson, Jan Leppert, uh, Cosmo Moore, Lisa, Neil Studd, Carolyn Land, Whiskey Ben 77, Chris Nedgewitz, Captain Crandall, Linnea Quinn, uh, Shark Carbuncle, Cody Wappenkamp, uh, Brian McDonald, 
Chris Love, Ian Buckley, Lieutenant Tim Cullen, Sean Russell, Tony King, Luke Morgan Rose, Scott Lieberman, and Alexander Perry. I'll Diane give you more. Martin, I'll give you more. Robin Larson, Katya Woolishin, Tyson Klein, Kelly Newman, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Uh, I think you would have hit it if I didn't fuck it up. Uh, why did you switch I'm it? Sorry. I was like, I, I, I can read the music. Uh, <laughs> it would have been great, everybody. Uh, I don't know why you interfered. You, um, I, I'll never forgive myself. And uh, I hope that you all forgive us for me ruining the encore presentation of Frank Sinatra. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> Frank would punch you in the mouth. Hey, he'd say, come over here, chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at this ring. And then he'd punch me in the face. <laughs> of course, he'd have a pinky ring. I don't know why. <laughs> sure, he's Frank. I have a Frank Sinatra. How many rings do you think Frank Sinatra wore? It's a good question. Let me see. I, I bet, I bet that was auctioned off at some point. Frank Sinatra's rings, although yeah. they seem to have money. I don't know why the Sinatra family would do that. Let's see. Frank Sinatra rings. You know, look at a picture of him. Oh yeah, he's, he's got a strange. pinky ring. He's got a pinky ring all all day, all day and night. Pretty strange thing to pass down, like just like your your grandfather wanted you to have this. His pinky ring? You can't wear this. Sure you can, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. I don't want nobody wears pinky rings anymore. Come on. Don't be a wet blanket. Interesting. This came upon a fact that Frank Sinatra's birth was a traumatic one. Born on December 12, 1915 in an apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey, Francis Albert Sinatra was blue and not breathing when he was yanked out of his mother with forceps. Thought to be dead, the infant was laid on the kitchen counter while the doctor attended his mother. His grandmother picked up the newborn, stuck him under some cold water, and little Frank wailed out his first song. (laughs) Ring-a-ding-ding, baby. (laughs) I hope this club's not cozen. I'm well known for my my insomnia. Sotheby's, uh, in 2008... 2018, Barbara Sinatra's Barbara Sinatra's 20.62 carat diamond engagement ring given to her by Frank in a glass of champagne sold for 1.7 million big ones. <laughs> That's so hacky. That is, glass of champagne. <laughs> oh my god. But also like 20.62 carats. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter when you get that. Let's see what uh, let's see what he gave Mia. Mm. They never got married, did they? They were engaged, kiddo. Oh, wow. Yeah, they got married. I mean, it looks like they got married. This looks like a wedding photo to me. So, did she say no? What happened? They just broke up before that? Uh, let's see. That is that's some balls if you say no to Frank. I'm looking. Uh, jewelry bunch of she was 19 and a rising star. Flash forward to July 1966. Frank proposed to Mia with some jewelry fireworks, a nine-carat pear-shaped diamond, and a platinum engagement ring. <laughs> there you go. Hang on. Did they ever... The union, however, did not last long. Mia has said she was too immature for the relationship to survive. For his part, Frank was still in love with his previous wife, the bombshell Ava Gardner. 
Sure. Plus, he wanted Mia to give up her career. She refused. (laughs) He served her divorce (laughs) papers on the set of Rosemary's Baby. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. That is... That is cold. Yeah, while Wait that may shooting's s- done, Frank. While that may sound harsh, and it was, Mia Farrow said they remained friends until the singer passed in 1998. Oh, and if you're wondering what happened to Billy Rusa, the jeweler who made the ring, he retired and closed his Los Angeles establishment in 1969. That is tough. Fucking serving divorce papers. By the way, while someone's on a giant film shooting. That is a. But a horror movie, so she can use it. Uh, That's true. I got to say, that was probably uh, almost a legitimate Frank Sinatra come on, a bra- a bonus segment. <laughs> would, no, yeah, for sure. We gave a lot of information there. There you go, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us this long. Any of you Frank fans, you really got your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> to you Star Trek fans, all right, this might have not turned what out the gonna, way you wanted. What are you going to uh, do? <laughs> All right, everyone, we will see you next week. Uh, and you presidents, we'll see you this week for some Voyager. Love you guys. Thank you for your support. Dad, engage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda. P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.